All right, what's up, everybody? Que pasó? This is Inside the North Side, coming to you from the North Side. It is me, your host, Ulises, and, uh, yo, guys, I got, like, this very special guest. I mean, he's a big deal, but then he's a big deal, but then he's a big deal. So, uh, I want you guys to put your hands together for... Mega Man, aka okay, Stephen <laughs> <Hey>, Martinez. <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey, thank you so much uh, for inviting me on. I really, really appreciate it. You know, um, I've been really, really busy. I've been uh, just got done finishing up part four. Um, starting uh, this, well, this I don't know when is this episode going to be out, but this Sunday I'm going to be releasing uh, episode uh, one ninety two. It you know, part one talking about ghost stories and demonic spirits. Ooh. And, and, uh, this is going to be a five parts, you know, this is what's been going on in my life when I was little until now. And, uh, a lot, a lot of these stories, you know, these are not make believes. These are stuff that I saw when I was little. It's really pretty creepy. I think part one was a little creepy because, um, I'll tell you this: If you're a podcaster, do not be doing episodes three o'clock in the morning on the witching hour. Oh man, I I haven't done that, but I have done editing at that time though, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, what's going on? And it, it's weird because like where I'm at, this is like the living room, and right to this side is the restroom, and mm-hmm. you know my parents and my brothers leave it open, and like it's kind of it's kind of creepy, but I'm like, I gotta go close this door. It's like. I can't. I'm distracted. I don't want, uh, you know, crap to pop up or something like that. You know, it's really weird because, like, as humans, we we see things that aren't there. And then we're like, oh, shit, I saw something. And I was like, no, you didn't see anything. It's just all in your head. But, you know, I do believe that there's stuff like that. I had my girlfriend's uncle. He does uh, haunted tours here in Houston. So mm-hmm. he he does uh, he takes you to like these graveyard sites and he'll take you to one of the popular tours that he has is he'll take you to all these like bars in downtown and we have like the oldest bar I think in Texas and it's haunted there's no AC there's no Wi-Fi it's just like straight up old school and like if you go upstairs to the restroom you can feel like the presence up there I haven't been there personally because I just haven't but. Um, I've had it's, people go up there it's and it's crazy. It, it's crazy. And, uh, I'll give you a little sneak peek. Um, and this is the first time talking about this. I, I remember I had one of my, my cousins, uh, Mario, uh, shout outs to him from the rugged 33 podcast. When we were little, you know, there was his, his dad, his dad passed away. He used to be a pastor and he used to be one of those, uh, priests to, you know, help people who are, who possess or have exorcism. Mm-hmm. So this all happened in Wilmington, and uh, I was picking out the window. I heard I heard some growling. I never heard a weird growling before of a person. And I'll just tell you this story, then we'll because it, it might creep you out. And um, you know, he was growling. His face was kind of like out of the ordinary. It wasn't like humanic. It wasn't human. It was his face was changing. And I remember I wanted to go play outside with my cousins because the four houses, uh, my uncle owned them. So it was all family, all cousins living there. And this guy was screaming, howling, you know, just weird stuff. My mom, just, when I was little at the time, he's like, you can't get out there. I said, no, you got to stay inside. I said, no. And my, my dad was a pastor. So mm-hmm. he saw some of this stuff too. And they were praying for him, praying for him and everything. And 
And at the time, I think it was in the summertime. I think it was in May or June because it was really hot. And I remember, you know, in the, in the window, you, you know, you have to put foil paper because it was you don't want the sun to hit the window so it would block and reflect. I know that, yeah. So I was, yeah. <laughs> so uh, we, uh, I was like looking at stuff and my mom's like, you, you're not supposed to be seeing anything. And I, I'll tell you this, but let me tell you what happened. There was, a, there was people who notified, called the cops. And the cops came. Well, these officers, because there is no police station in Wilmington, mm-hmm. the police station was in San Pedro. So it would take about 25 or 20 minutes to get over there. But, you know, they would have cops, you know, always around that area. Since my cousin Mario's dad was a pastor, a lot of the officers knew who he was, you know, mm-hmm. because he was a pastor from, you know. And they said, hey, you know, uh, Noe, we, we've been hearing some uh, some calls saying there was a, per, you know, there's person demonic or whatever it's like well i said where is he it's like i think it was like three or four cop cars and he said well if i show you this person you know you you're gonna be you know you're gonna get freaked out it's like and the officer was like we've seen everything try me mm-hmm. and he's like all right so when the officers went to see the person who was possessing demonic and saw the features on his face which was, wasn't human and his eyes the officers was like you know what Let's get out. We're out of here. This, this take off. This is not. We can't. We can't help this person. It was this. You're on your own. So mm-hmm. that it, it traumatized the cops, and they just four cop cars just took off like whatever. It gets worse. He kept on praying for him. This was outside of his uh in the steps, and he was you know. And the weird thing is, I've been hearing all these demonic spirits, and this happened around six seven p.m. and it was night, and I still remember. I don't know if people are going to believe me on this. This is, I'm not making this up. When I was peeking out the window, scratching the foil to see the other, because I could see, mm-hmm. I can still remember the cement and there was only cement. And I remember when he was possessed or praying for him, um, he was on the cement, you know, crying, like whatever possessed. He kind of fell like the cement dropped, like there was a hole. And when there was a hole, and this is when I was like, six seven years old there was a hole that he dropped and redness came out of the hole flames came out of the hole and all i know is that i saw a a demonic or a hand pulling them in the hole where my dad and some of the people were pulling him up to save his life you're not supposed i don't know if this was i i just i I was shocked And, and that that to me was will forever be in my my mind because I sometimes I still think about that. And for some kind of reason, you know, like my mom just closed you, said you can't see that. And so the next day, you know, I wanted to see what happened. And I went to where it was, where he was possessed. And on the cement, there was a burnt circle, like a burnt circle mark on it. And that's where I feel like it, it was, it was, you know, there was a battle between his life between good and evil, and he saved him. But it, he committed suicide a couple of days, you know, later from overdose on drugs. But when the when my dad and my, my step my my uncle said he when he was possessed, there was a demonic spirit that said to him, "I'm gonna take this. I'm gonna take this life, and also I'm gonna go take his brother because you, there were there were twin brothers." And the other one incident with his brother, you know, this happened about a couple months. The guy was possessed, 
it was at Wilmington's Park. If people don't believe me, this is Wilmington's Park on PCH, the bridge, howling like a wolf. And uh, they, they try to save him, they try to heal him. And he got possessed. And uh, a couple uh, weeks later, you know, that the demonic spirit said, hey, I'm going to take your brother too. Uh, they found his body at Banny Park, overdosed on drugs. So that demonic spirit took two brothers at that same year. I'm done. I can't. <laughs> no, that's crazy, dude. That's some. Whoo. No, but I believe you about that. Uh, so I used to go to this small church, maybe like 10 people the most. I, I used to not hop around, but uh, for a while I was going to one church. I stopped going. So I started going to this other one. And my whole life, I've been going to church my whole life since I was since I was a sperm, you know, pretty much. Um, uh-huh. I had never witnessed somebody being possessed. Well, this one Sunday, this girl brought her mother and like for a while, that whole day, I was just like, kind of like, something feels weird, you know, like, I don't feel right. And then like, she kind of like started chuckling during like the service. And I'm like, maybe she thinks something's funny because the pastor is kind of funny. And then mm-hmm. like, then she just like started like laughing out of nowhere. And I was like. Something's about to go down. <laughs> and then she just like starts spewing stuff in Spanish. And I'm like, oh, crap. I haven't prepared for this. And I'm like, what's going on? What, what, what the fuck? You know, so pretty much she, that lady was possessed and she was on the floor, like squirming and laughing and crying and screaming. Uh-huh. Mind, and mind you, I'm just standing there and it was like, I didn't want to, I came to church, just have a good time. And now I'm here dealing and watching this exorcism happened right in front of me. It's crazy, man. And like, after, I think after the pastor did all that, she woke up and she was like, what happened? And I was like, you know what? I'll see y'all some other time. (laughs) I got to go, man. I got to go, you know, Uh but that's crazy, dude. I believe that there is some, there is a spiritual, uh, there's a spiritual battle, man, that's going on between, you know, good and evil. And, uh-huh. you know, the devil has a, a, a foothold in, on the earth, man. He he can he can do some crazy shit, man. I, I I believe it. I've been, like I said, I've been in church my whole life. I've heard all these stories. I've seen things. And it's just like, you got to you got to have that shield, man. You know, that 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 uh, a shield of protection of you, man, with God and all that. So. Yeah, it's just that it, because a, a lot of my family, they, they go, they all go to church, like maybe 90 percent and the other 10 percent, you know, they're in gangs or they they're, you know, they do drugs or they they're alcohol. They're all they're all they're just alcoholics. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like with me, I'm not going to be a hypocrite and say, hey, you know, I drink liquor, wine and all that stuff. I mean, I mean, I was an alcoholic, but to me, I just drink craft beers and I know I know my limit. Mm-hmm. You know, when I got uh, two DUIs, I got two DUIs in one month and knocked out a cop and I was let go the next day because the jails were overflowed. I should be in prison already. Golly. But yeah, but when I was when I took the alcohol class and everything, I did not know there was a there was a stage called brownout. You know, when people say, oh, man, I got blacked out. I was I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Brownout is a stage that they don't teach you that when you're going to, you know, about drinking alcohol, where when you brown out, you you're you're passed out, but not passed out like you're blacked out. But you still 
remember all the stuff that happened. It's like, oh my gosh, I remember this, or I remember this in six hours, or the next day I remember this in two weeks. It's like that. So with me, you know, they teach me if you know for you not to get drunk, you know, like eat something heavy, drink mm-hmm. some water, you know. Like with me, I drink a lot of strong beers, so I know. I don't have to go to bars because I don't go to I go to the breweries, but I don't go drink at the breweries. I take the beers home. What's the point of me taking a risk for me to go to breweries and I get put over by a cop? Exactly. And if I get my third one, I, I get I get to go. I, I'll be sent to prison. It's, it's not worth it. So yeah. that's why I just buy some beers home and, and stay where I have my home. I don't have to worry about the cops because, you know, right now we're we're and a lot of people are losing jobs. The cops are trying to figure out a way to bring money to the city it's like hey let's 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 do a checkpoint let's do this let's do that so uh, it's not worth it you know and i and i I love craft beers i love drinking i love it but to the point i had i had um i had to reflect a couple days ago because me and my lady we went hiking at la sahenda uh heights there's another creepy horror story about that but i'll i'll say that for later Mm -hmm. but um we were doing hiking. I haven't been hiking since years. And uh, we went hiking and that hill kicked my ass. And I was like, to the point, this hill kicked my ass to the point I could not even reach to the top. We were not even halfway. Like we're almost there. And I made a commitment because I wanted to, instead of me drinking six craft beers a day, I wanted to cut it to one craft beer a week because I wanted to get my body in shape. I wanted to be you know, now reaching 40 and stuff, I really want to go back to that hill and, 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 and reach to the top and stuff and, and get better because now that I'm reaching, I'm going to be 41 this year. I really want to play with my kids, you know, and, and I don't know what, for some kind of reason, I just want to live a little more longer because the craft beers, it, it, it does take its toll, you know? No. Yeah. I, I totally understand, man. Like I'm 27. I'll be 28 mm-hmm. this year, and, you know, um, I don't necessarily drink a lot. I mean, when I drink, I do drink, but I, I'm very careful. But the thing for me, it's eating. I love to eat, you know. As, oh, as, 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 as Mexicans, we, we just love to eat, and there's so much stuff. And, you know, for the past couple of years, I have had stuff happen to me. Like, my grandfather has passed away. My grandmother passed away a couple of years ago. I had friends pass away. So I kind of go into, like, this mode where it's, like, I'm depressed a little bit, but I'm still cool. But like I eat and then like after a while, I'm just like, oh, crap, I gained like 40 pounds. And, you know, I don't ever think about it. Yeah, that's the same thing. I I, I get it. I know where you're at because I deal with anxiety, depression all the time. And when I get anxiety or depressed or feeling down, I start drinking a lot. I start eating a lot. And because I used to weigh over I right now I weigh 230. I used to weigh over 400 pounds. Wow. So to me, I, I know I can blow up like that. And that's the hard part because, you know, it's just, I just, I don't want to be like a dick to my family, but I see my dad and my dad let himself go. It's like, oh, hell no, man. I can't be like that. Mega Man has to bring sexy back, you know? I know. That's uh, that's all I've been hearing. He Mega Man's got to bring the <laughs> sexy back. Sexy Maggie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for once, I want to see my dick, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Man, I can, I, can, I can see my dick. I can see my dick, but hey, yo, no, for real. Because when, <laughs> <laughs> no, when you drink a lot of craft beers, the hazies and all that stuff, it's hard. It you're gonna be stuck with that gut, and it's hard because those hazies, it makes you bloated. Where it's like you don't want to do shit. 
I've been there. I, I well, not necessarily with the beer, but uh, with the food. There's like some foods where I'm just like, mm, I'm take, I'm gonna take a little nap, and then I wake up, and it's like four hours later. I'm like, yo, where did the time go? <laughs> yeah, and because I work overnight, I work from like I took the day off for you today, so um, the work was kind of slow. It's like, hey, make, 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 man, take the day off today, dude. You have a lot of vacation. We got it under control. It's like, cool. Thank you, God. You know? Yeah. So I can more, so I can spend more time with you doing this podcast, but doing overnights and you're not getting that much sleep. You're drinking, you're eating a lot. This is where the, the weight gain comes into play, you know? Oh yeah, man. I, t- I totally understand that. I totally understand that. All right. So the mega man, well, AKA Steven, let's, uh, Let's get to know more about you. So tell me about tell me about yourself. How were you as a child? Oh man, dude, I was one of those. Uh, I was like the real version of Curious George. He was getting to mischief, getting to trouble, just kind of just curious about certain things. And I mean, man, I was just used to getting the spanking every day. I just said, <laughs> "Fuck it." It was hard. Maybe you had ADD. It's just I was a hyperactive kid, and. Uh, and now I'm seeing like like I just had a my, I just had a, a son like a year and a half ago and he's like my little version of Mega Man little Mega Man he and my lady was like he why is he so active you know we gotta take him out he's just hyper he's curious it's like seeing me all over again mm-hmm. yeah I, I've heard somewhere that uh, I think if you when you have kids one of them will end up turning out like you and you have to like. Uh, what's it called? I think it was from, I think it was rant. I think uh, Jose was talking about that. Um, where you kind of like, you have to like deal with the kid, how you would deal with it or something like that. I forgot what it was, but I, I don't have kids per se. You know, I, we haven't, me and my girlfriend haven't, we've talked about it and like, I would love to have kids, you know, but, um, I'm kind of like nervous. Cause like, I know how I was, I was a kid and, um, I'm like, man, how the hell am I going to deal with this little <laughs> yeah yeah i noticed that a lot of people that i know they want to wait on they want to wait on having kids because some people told me like oh i, I want to wait to have a kid like, why because i'm not going to bring a kid into this world where all this shit's going down with covid you know jobs are getting lost and these riots and these streets you know just crazy shit you know it's just like it's man me, but me when i was little man there I had it hard, man. I mean, there was things that I saw that I, I should have never saw when I was uh, me and my parents were living in Wilmington, California. You know, you're not you're not supposed to see dead people when you're little, like overdosing on drugs. Mm-hmm. Or I saw a guy raping a girl like when I was little, like what the fuck are hookers and drugs and and just crazy shit, you know, like but if I mean, the kids these days are a little bit too sensitive, you know, but to me, we we're like the last of the Mohicans, you know, I was born in the 80s. So this is way before Internet and on the social media, man, where, you know, I those are the good times, you know, playing outside, you know, look at 7 p.m. The lights go on. That means it's that time to go inside and just get into mischief, get into trouble and stuff like that. But when you're a kid living in Wilmington, my mom was like you're only going to stay on the end of that street and you're going to come back. Cause if I go to the end of the street, my grandma had the front house. She mm-hmm. would call like, Hey, Steven over there say, Hey, you got to go back. The reason why she did that for, because in those days in Wilmington, um, there was a lot of gang wars, the bloods, the crips, you know, it was drug infested. I remember 
you know, we're living on Blinn and Ruby Dock Street, and there will be drive-bys every day, just, you know, people doing home invasions. Uh, I see a lot of people, you know, going to Ghost Town. It's on the other side of Wilmington, you know, getting drugs. I remember Martin Moreno from the Yo-Yo-Yo, um, the Yo-Yo podcast told me, like, you know, when you go to buy drugs at, at the other side of Wilmington and Ghost Town, it was like, you know, going to in and out you know, long lines of just giving drugs. And I, and I think and wonder why, because of Freeway Ricky, you know, he uh, he was, you know, distributing all those drugs and everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the same time, he was an informant for the CIA, you know, per, per, uh, you know, selling all those drugs because of the whole thing with the contraband with the whole Nicaragua would turn into a communist country where the, the, the Washington denied to fund them to, to stop communism. So how are we going to figure out a way? Let's sell drugs into the inner cities of L.A. to fund our little contraband war over here in South America. Mm-hmm. So that's what was really going on until, you know, drugs, people getting killed and everything were enough's enough. And that whole, I mean, people were, I heard stories of people being hostages, people getting kidnapped, you know, it was all blacks and Filipinos and, and that's it. And they were started doing these, uh, raids. He started doing these junctions, and he started um, kicking everyone out and stuff like that. And uh, you know, and now Wilmington had really, really calmed down a lot. But man, but those eighties and those early nineties was was a war. It was a war. That's crazy. And that's one of the reasons black people don't talk about you know when uh, about Wilmington. You know, we had it hard. You know, uh, there was a podcaster. I'm not going to mention who. He criticized me. Because I did a documentary and I said, hey, if you can make it out of Wilmington, you can make it out of anywhere. For him, he got mad. He thought I was mocking our city saying, why would you say, like, if you can make it out of Wilmington, you can make it out of anywhere, saying, like, I was disrespecting our city. But the reason he didn't understand is, like, if you can make it out of Wilmington, you can make it out of anywhere. The reason why I said that for is because Wilmington, California, toughened me up for days like this that we're going on in society right now Mm -hmm. where a lot of people right now are giving up. I give up. They're just, they just, they're, they're entitled. They just don't know how it is to handle pressure and, and obstacles. And to me, I'm so thankful that I grew up in those times, you know, going through those hardships, you know, not having food for weeks or my parents losing their jobs and they're going to hustle. And I, 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 I can never, I'm just happy that I've been through times like those to because I know how it is to be homeless. I know how it is to have a hard life, you know, and uh, I, I am thankful that Wilmington made the man who I am today. So are you, were you born in Wilmington or were you born somewhere else and your family moved uh-huh. there? I was born in Long Beach, California at Memorial hospital. Uh, we moved to Wilmington and we stayed there till maybe I was 11 years old, no 10 years old or 11 then my dad, when he got a better job because he got laid off, my dad was working at the shipyards okay. and for the battleships. And once they, they got laid off because the Cold War was done, um, you know, they my mom, my dad got laid off and got unemployment. And my mom m- was working three jobs so my dad can go to school. And when my dad went to school, he graduated, he, he got a better job and he made a lot of money. And, and we moved to the next city over, which was more nicer of uh, Carson City. We moved over there and uh, it was because a lot of my family in Wilmington, they moved out. They moved because it was Wilmington was getting bad and mm-hmm. that people were just moving out. 
we moved to Carson and it was a lot of Samoan people, you know, always when I think of Carson, I always think of the, the hip hop group, uh, the Booyah tribe. And uh, Carson was, uh, it was different. And, but I was a little homesick because a lot of my, 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 my childhood friends or my cousins moved and it wasn't the same. And, and things happened where my mom and my dad's relationship wasn't good. And they both divorced and I moved from Carson to Modesto, California, okay. that is up in the Central Valley. And I was there half, maybe till I was like, what, in sixth grade, all the way until maybe I was, what, 21, 22. And um, I like it there. A lot of my, like 90% of my family's there, but I have a lot of families in all over the state. Modesto now is a nice because a lot of the, when I was back then, there was little cities around it, but now that Modesto got, you know, bigger and a lot of people want to move there because that's where you can get, there's a lot of cheaper homes. Mm-hmm. All the little cities connected to Modesto made one uh, metropolitan, you know, big city. And I was there then I was with my mom, um, things didn't work out. And, um, you know, I was moving back and forth with my mom and dad. My dad was living in Lakewood and, I wanted to stay with my dad, but the relationship was done. So I moved back and my mom, I was just a trouble. I was a troublemaker. I was in mischief. I felt like when you're bro- when you're in a broken home, you're trying to look for guidance. You're trying to look for a role model. And I could, I thought my dad would be more of a role model. And my mom at the time when I was living with her, she was working three to four jobs. So I was wow. never, she was never home. So I would be just doing random shit. There was even times I was doing drugs. There was times I, I got shot at a couple times, you know, and uh, luckily I'm still alive talking to you. And, uh, you know, I got my shit together, but and, um, I'm, I wanted to give one last try with my dad, but my dad, he wanted to retire because the, when this is before the recession hit, you know, and my dad moved to Texas. He, uh, he moved from Lakewood to Texas and uh, he, he lives right now in, uh, in Fort Worth. Okay. And um, I wanted to live in, I wanted to go check out Fort Worth. I haven't really been out to Texas, but I always hear things, you know, the weather and then, you know, the, the humidity because it's, it's too hot, it's too cold. And, and, you know, it's just, I like it. Go big. You know, the, you guys have awesome high school football games. You take your football seriously. I mean, your food. I love, I mean, go to Houston. There's a lot of uh, Vietnamese community because uh, they, uh, I like pho. I like Cajun food. I love Cajun food. You know, I'm gonna have to turn in my my turn. My, I'm gonna have to turn on my Texas accent for you. Uh, hell yeah, we do amazing bangs over here, man. It it's seriously, dude. Like Fort Worth. I haven't been up there to Dallas Fort Worth area. I have a cousin that lives up there. Um, two cousins actually. My cousin. Um, but how far yeah, is it from you? How, how far is it from you? Um, uh, about like Dallas is about like five hours away. Oh, yeah, dude, I'm going to tell you something. So, you know, like from going to like from L.A. to San Diego is like two hours or two and a half hours. Right. Yes. Um, How far is it from L.A. to like San Francisco or Oakland or whatever? Six hours. Okay, you can literally travel that amount of time in Texas and still be in Texas. That's weird. (laughs) It's it's so insane, but I love it. Like my cousin lives in Austin. That's about two and a half hours, maybe three, depending on, you know, we like to stop and this is that. So we have this gas station here called Bucky's and I swear to God, 
I swear to God, you walk in and it's like it's Texas heaven, man. They got barbecue on the left. They got all this food. They have can. They have anything you can think of. They have it at Bucky's. But yeah, um, but yeah, Dallas is like about five hours away. But yeah, dude, I, I, Texas is amazing. Have you never been to Texas? Have you? I know. Uh, I I was. I don't know if I told you. But I was telling people that I want to make a trip to for a week because I want to do a. I want to do a podcast invasion. Oh yeah, I, yeah. I think you were telling me about that. Yeah, there was a couple people podcasters reached out to me and they say, "Hey, we can do a Zoom," and it's like, "Nah, uh, it's not the same." I want to do it face to face. I need that interaction. I need that energy. Oh, dude, if you do that, for real, hit me up wherever you are at. If you're in San Antonio, if you're in Austin or if you're here, let me know. I will I will show you around the city. I will be your guide and I will show you all the cool places that we go to, man. I like how you said because I there is six people I want to get on and they all live in Houston area. Oh, for sure. For sure. I hope we hold it down right here, man. We can, we can do that. <laughs> yeah, but I, I want to do a podcast. I was telling you earlier, I mean, uh, a while back about, uh, you know, one, there's a girl out there in San Antonio. She, she kind of achieves my podcast and I want to get her on. And she's like, oh, we can do it over the phone. And it's like, uh-uh, I don't want to do it like that. I want to, you say, I want to do a, I want to do a podcast and go fly to you. And she's like, huh? <laughs> you want to do podcasts with me? You want to fly just to do an episode for two hours? Like, that's the commitment you have when you're a podcaster. I want to go above and beyond because, like, wow, he took this thing very seriously. He he paid his own way just to fly over here, just to have, just just for just to do a podcast with me for two hours and hang out. That's the thing about when you have when you have a guest on. I want to build a relationship. I want to build a bond. I want to build a friendship and stuff, you know? That's how I am. And a lot of these dude. podcasters, or a lot of these podcasters, they're not like that. They just want to use your your they just want to have you on and and take your followers and just get to the next. Okay, whatever. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. I I know how that is, man. Um but yeah, dude, that's the same thing with me. Whenever I have guests on, I want to build a relationship with them. I want to build a friendship with them. I uh-huh. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I'm doing my, my podcast wrong because I'm always like posting other people's things like, hey, man, go check out so and so. Hey, go support so and so. No, you're doing no. Whatever you're doing, you're I'm, I'm like that, too, because we all need to win. We all need to get our podcasts out there. When I heard your podcast, Ranting with Romo's had you. When I heard that episode for three hours and I heard the other ones that you did, the, the New Orleans trip and getting to know you, there's some earlier ones. I already know, like, I can relate to this person. And what you're doing is you're, you're trying, you're, you're just like me. There's a lot of podcasters that are diamonds in the rough. There's a very, there's a lot of very underrated podcasters out there to, to have the stories told. And when I heard your podcast and I was like, so I just, <laughs> I like your podcast, how it is. And just don't let, just don't feel down because I'm, I'm the same way too. Um, you have a very good podcast, man, and I want to be honest. You have you have my approval. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. You know, doing this podcast thing, it's it's crazy, man. How long have how long have you been doing yours? I think I asked you, but I don't remember. So, how long have you been doing your podcast? I started doing a podcast since 2018, but I did the podcast on accident. On accident? You know? Oh, I'd like to hear this story. <laughs> The reason why I did that on accident, because I, I've always been like a huge podcaster fan. 
listening to Rogan, uh, Tom Segura, Tom Green, Adam Curry. Adam Curry is the godfather of podcasts of how everything started because mm-hmm. Adam Curry. A lot of people don't know Adam Curry was a VJ for MTV. Adam Curry now lives in Austin, Texas. And he- hearing him, how it started and everything and selling the podcast to Apple's to Steve Jobs. And this is how a podcast all started. I st- I wanted to do a podcast, but before we, we get into that, I was a huge comedy fan, you know, going to comedy shows and everything. This all started was when Joe Rogan from Joe Rogan's uh, podcast invited George Perez, uh, you know, from he's a comedian and he invited the two on a show when George when Joe Rogan was in L.A. And Joe Rogan likes to push a lot of people to do podcasts because he's always, hey, man, you have a good story to do a podcast. Joe Rogan planted that seed to George Perez and, you know, say you should do a podcast. You sure, dog? Yeah, do it. <laughs> And two or three weeks later, George Perez, a comedian, started a, uh, the podcast called George, George Perez Stories. When he did, I quickly subscribed on my Apple podcast. Here in the episodes, he had Jason Rouse. He had um, Ease On. He had Side DeGetty, his co-host. XG uh, Xavier, he's a producer, but also he's the producer. He does the podcast with Sam Tripley called... Uh, 10 foil hats where they talk about conspiracy stuff. Oh, cool. And he's and he's on. He's always on. He's on is the co is the co-host of the Dr. Green Dump podcast he does with us Be Real from Cypress Hill. Nice. So when you meet all these people and have all these connections, this is where everything comes into play. He had on Martin Moreno. Martin Moreno is a comedian, his son Hooter. They were comedians. Martin Moreno was from, he was a comedian. He went on tour with Fluffy, Gabriel Iglesias. Yeah, he had yeah. on He had on Jack Jr., Renee Garcia's, Sophia Nix. The person I never knew, but I heard his name out there in my ear. I He he, he invited Felipe Esparza on the podcast. And when he was like, what's up, foo? When he said yeah. that, I was sold. And hearing all these people... I just I started tagging them on stories like, who is this guy? Mega Man, Mega Man, Mega Man, Mega Man. And I was showing nothing but love to Felipe. He would repost my stuff from time to time. But, you know, but now with these, a lot of these well-known podcasters, comedians, they're not going to know your name, but they'll know your username. Mm-hmm. And they think of, oh, oh, oh who, who posts that? Oh, Mega Man? Oh, that guy's hella cool, you know? Yeah. So George Perez... He called me or he DM me. Hey, dog, what are you doing on a, on a Monday? This is nothing. Why? I want you to be, I want you, I wanted you to come on my podcast. I never did podcast. This is my first time. As a 50th episode on the make on, on the George Perez stories. I was nervous as fuck. I was high. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> it was a good episode. But I was like, I was saying stupid shit. But two weeks after Martin Rizzo, he has a podcast called Squad by the Bell. He does with his lady. He goes on tour with Felipe Esparza from time to time. Mm-hmm. He invited me on. I did his podcast. He was the one I give credit to because he told me how to do it on Anchor and this, whatever. And I was, then that's how it all started. Cause I was like, I told, I told, um, you know, like, hey, well, how do I, how do I do this? I told Rizzo, how do I do this? It's like, you do it this. I was like up for three days. The first episode I put was like, 
35 minutes. It sucked. I had no skills, <laughs> unexperienced, no editing. It was stupid as fuck. Oh, this is embarrassing for me to say. Three days after, um, Felipe Esparza was doing a live of his podcast called the What's Up With Podcast. He gives me a quick shout out. Shout out to fucking Mega Man from the Mega Man's podcast. Follow him and boom. George Perez, side dick reposted showing me love boom so it was like this like getting two well-known comedians to two well-known podcasters helped platform the mega mass podcast and i got all these numbers like all these dms like what the fuck you know like i was overwhelmed like and i think in a way i was like i was like this close a couple times this close to like quitting the podcast yeah i didn't i didn't know how to deal with pressure like that and a lot of my numbers were going down because I, I didn't know what to say. I would say stupid shit, like random, <laughs> talking about pussy jokes or talking about like how many girls I hooked up with or friends with benefits and yeah. getting drunk in breweries. I didn't know what I was doing. So I was like, hold up, give me two weeks. Let me regroup. I want everyone to know me not as Mega Man, but as Steven Martinez. And this is where I started the Mega Man's life, where... I talked about my journey when I was little until now. I didn't know that these episodes that he's called these Mega Man's Lives would touch so many people's hearts. And, and, and I would gather so many good listeners and meeting people, you know, face to face. Like, hey, my name is so-and-so. Like, oh, shit. Take pictures with them and everything. It was kind of weird for a couple people to take pictures. And, and he was like, hey, can, can I get an autograph? I never had that before. Like, I'm not special. Like, I'm just a podcaster, but they know your face. And I'll tell you a story. There was a person who was, I, I always keep it anonymous because some of these uh, listeners, they want to be very private. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a listener for the Yo-Yo podcast with Martina Hooter. Say, hey, I want to check out what Mega Man's all about. He started listening to my podcast about the Mega Man's life. He said, man, he started crying. He, he did me. I'm crying, man. I, I didn't know that you've been through the stuff. I've been through the same shit. And I said, I just want to say th- I'm thankful that I I po- saw your podcast and it helped me so much because, you know, I was going through, you know, I was going through some mental problems. You know, um, I wanted to commit suicide. I was doing drugs because the story was, you know, um, uh, his wife, his wife died of cancer and it was only him and his daughter. And it was it really hurted him a lot. And the next year, um, his daughter got got killed by by a hit run person and he lost his wife in one year and the next year he lost his daughter and he had nothing to live for he was doing drugs and he was telling me he was i was trying to listen to any type type of podcast that's going to help my uh, help me out in my depression when he started hearing the Mega man's life i started you know he he started crying and he and one of the episodes i don't know was part three or part four of the Mega man's life he was telling me two weeks I was going to commit suicide. But when I heard that episode, not over-exaggerating, not lying about this, he wanted to take his life. But when he heard the episode, it made him, he's like, I'm going to reach out to Megan, man. I want to see maybe he can hear me out. And I didn't know at the time that he wanted to commit suicide. But if I did not, if I ignored his DM, who knows, he would have been dead. And I'm just thankful that I started reaching out to him, saying, hey, man, you're going to do okay. You're going to be good. I met him. He's a super cool person. Now he got his shit back together again. He got remarried. He has three kids, and he still listens to the Mega Man's podcast till this fucking day. 
You know, hearing all that, dude, I, God, God is using you, man, for real. God is using your story and your life to reach out to these people. And like I said, as podcasters, we're just normal people. We tell normal stories. We tell people about our life and what you're doing with the Mega Man, you know, life stories, dude, you're reaching out to these people and these people are listening to you and they're connecting to you. And I believe God is using you that way to to bring these people out of the depression and reach out to you and to and to show people like, hey, look, you know, even if you're at the way lowest, lowest, the only way you can go up, the only way is up. You can always go up, you know, and I I really just I, I love that, dude, that you're 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 using your story to reach out and to show these people, hey, look, I'm just a normal guy. I've gone through shit, you know, like you've told me before, you, you've been homeless before, you've thought about doing suicide, you know, you, you yeah. have kids and you, you've, you've lived in, you know, you've stayed in all these places and stuff like that. And I, I'd see that it's, it's hard for people like that. And I, it, it breaks my heart cause it's like, I didn't have to go through with that, you know, but to see people go through that, it, it, it sucks. And it, it hurts me cause it's like, nobody should go through that, but we're human and it's life and we go through things, but it's God puts these certain things in our lives that help us get better and make us stronger. And we can always be a better example to other people that are going through the same thing as well. You know? Yeah. My deepest fear is, is being homeless. I, we didn't talk about this story. You know, I, I, I'm thankful to have a roof over my head. I'm thankful. I have a job. I'm thankful. I'm working 50 hours. I'm, I'm thankful I got heroes pay a word, you know, because of me being a central worker, you know, my life is on the line every day from this COVID and I'm working hard to pay off my bills, to save up money. I never been, I always been a spender. I never been a saver. I'm saving all my money, you know, and, uh, you know, I'm grateful. I don't take things for granted. You know, I'm very humble. I was very cocky and, and it was taken from me, taken from me two or three times. And I was like, you know what? You did this for a reason to put me on check, but for, for, you know, for me to be humble, it's like, Hey, you can, you can have everything. I can take it from you. You can earn it back back. And if you, you fuck up again, I can take that from you. And that's one of the ways it kind of made, it kind of, it put me on a pride and an ego check, you know? And uh, I just, I'm thankful, you know, I'm just really thankful. I know there's some haters out there who don't like who I am, don't like what I, who I am because you know why? Because I see them for who they are. They're really, there's a lot of people that have a lot of faces and a lot of masks. What I mean by mask is they put a lot of character faces on which they pretend to be hella cool. But when you leave, they're like a fucking asshole to you. And I seen that. I saw what's behind the curtain. I saw what certain Latino podcast people and, and, and the people who, who pretend to fuck with me at the same time bash on me making fake Instagram accounts and, and just to get to me, those are not real people. Those are evilness. And people will always tell me the bigger your podcast gets, the more lonely it gets on the fucking top. And, and, and it is true. Yeah. Heavy is the crown that, you know, that's on the head, dude. And, you know, first things first, man, fuck the haters, man. You know, I have got people who don't like my podcast either. There's people who, I've fucked with and I've had on the podcast and they're friends of mine. And now they kind of just like don't acknowledge whenever I tag them or whenever I talk to them, you know, when I react to some of their posts and it's like all because 
I have a different opinion because I believe in certain different things. And like you said about the mask, I mean, I can see through bullshit now. You know, my girlfriend, she was like, you can't bullshit. You know, ever since I've been with her, it's like I see things more clearly now. And I know when people are, are fucking they're they're putting on a mask and they're being fake. And I know when people are being genuine. And there's a lot of people that I know they're fake as hell, man. And it's like, why, 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 why are you hating on? Why are you hating on uh, Stephen? Why are you hating on so and so? Why are you hating on this? Because what? Because of your own self, your own life, that you don't have anything going on, so you just want to be like, I'm just gonna start being hateful and rude to people because it's gonna make me feel better. But it, why? Why do you have to do that? You know, it makes it's, no sense. It's- it's jealousy and envy and stuff. And, uh, you know, with ranting with Ramos and me, shouts to him, you know, we see, we see in the finer picture, we see what's behind the curtain. A lot of people don't know this. And there was a Latino podcast war last year really? you know, with me and Buru. there was a lot. Yeah. A lot of people think like, Oh yeah, we're supposed to help each other out. I'm going to be honest with you. And, and I'll say it straight up, man, Latino podcasters, it can be very, sometimes, now I don't want to say sometimes all the time, it can be very cutthroat. You oh, know, no, they can pretend it. to be hella cool and everything. At the same time, they can be bashing on you. And if you put certain podcasters on check, like what they say and what they do, they'll put they'll they'll blast you. I'll give you an example. The whole last year with this whole Latino podcast war with me and Buro Cultura's podcast in Minnesota, that was real. Because you know, I I to me, I was fed up. I was fed up. It's like, why are you a pro Latino podcast speaking? You know, talking about certain things that you're not from here in, L- in the L.A. scene or from the Texas scene or the Air Oregon scene or what or certain dude, areas. And man. why you keep on dropping and why you keep on dropping the fucking M-bombs, dude? Dude, like, I, for real. So Jose did an episode, I think, for last Friday, and he was talking about the Chicano podcast. And exactly. He he talked about Puro Cultura and I've heard about them and I followed them. You know, I thought like, hey, they're Latino. Let me check them out. So I listened to their very first episode that came out when 2019. Dude, that first ep- that whole hour episode changed my opinion on them. They dropped the N word. They supposedly they're supposed to be about the culture, but yet they're they're being fake and they're, they're, you know, and I, I look through their Instagram and, you know, I'm not bashing these guys. They got their own opinion. That's how they feel. You know, they're up there in Minnesota that they might have a different opinion than us Latinos here in, in Texas and in LA. But if you're supposed to be all about the, the culture, then you shouldn't be blasting and talking shit about your fellow man, because we're all supposed to, like you said in your live video, um, we're we're all separated we're all divided man we can't we we can't come together and you know until we stop bashing each other like i got nothing against i mean i don't i don't even know them i just listened to their first episode (laughs) but you know the thing yeah the thing is the reason why i don't like them because i know ramon from chicano shuffle and i'm i'm I'm, I'm gonna name drop and i don't care because i went against I, I went against nine Latino podcasters, one of these major Latino podcasts. They try to they try to cancel me. They cancel culture. They try to say, you know, we're gonna we're gonna take down your podcast. You never you, I lost like I had to make a new account, you know, and I lost a lot of good people. But you know what? When I think about it more, you like you weren't supportive. You you were never supportive. So when the situation what happened with me, Buddha Kududa, because I called them out on the bullshit. Yeah. The thing is, if, if you're going to be a podcaster, 
you better have fucking thick skin. You better own up to it because you might have listeners or you might have people might challenge you on your authority of what you talk and what you say on your podcast. So you better own up to it. Well, with them, they don't. The, what they'll do is they'll fucking block you. So it means, oh, then you can't accept a challenge from this person telling you, hey, why do you guys say this and now that? No, you just, you know, say you just block them and you do your fucking lives and you say you get so drunk that you regret what the fuck I just talked about and you have your, your people talking shit to you. And when they went out and disrespected me and bashed on my podcast and they instigated where they put, they told their followers to start making all these fake Instagram accounts, start bashing and all that stuff, making threats to my, 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 to my lady's house and to my kids saying, Hey, I hope your daughter dies of cancer. I hope your daughter, I hope your son dies of autism. Your, 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 your kids retarded, like all that stuff. What type of Latino podcast are you promoting to promote hate to other people? And we all have fucking families. That is not a Latino podcast. What are you teaching us? They are not teaching us shit. They are teaching us to hate each other and to bash people on social media. Fuck Buddha Kultura. Fuck them. Dude, I like I said, I don't know them, but just listening to that one episode three years ago to this day, well, February, but listening to that first episode and looking at their Instagram, it's like... I got a bad vibe. And like I said, you have said about them. Jose has said about them. And yeah. it's like, like I said, I don't know how it is in Minnesota. You know, I have a, I have cousins that live in Minnesota, you know, and I don't know how the Latino culture is up there. But like what? And I think they're uh, first generation Americans. I'm not sure their parents came from Mexico. I don't know. But mm-hmm. it's like, yo. Why do you have to do that? It's like, dude, I didn't, I didn't know that. I didn't know about this podcast war against the, the Latinos and stuff like that. But it's like, you shouldn't, as a Latino, we shouldn't be promoting hate, especially with all this stuff that's going on with exactly. with the BLM and the Asian hate community. We we should be so we should be uh, stronger as a community and be like, yo, squash the beef. You know, hey, I know Mexicans don't like Salvadorians. Salvadorians don't like Hondurans. Hondurans don't like Cubans. Cubans don't like Mexicans. It don't, it, I, who cares who doesn't like who? Right now, at this moment, we all need to stand together. And we all need to be as one because when they're going to come for us, it's going to be easier because it's like, oh, I can get these people. They're fat. They're, they're all by themselves. And it's like, I can get the Puerto Ricans fast. I can get the Cubans against the Puerto Ricans. I can get the Dominicans against them. It's, it. it they shouldn't be doing that. That's not right. That's that's totally wrong. As a person, at, that's horrible. And at the same time, they're being hypocritical. Before all the George Floyd happened, because they're from Minnesota, they're on the front lines. They were very positive pro-Latinos. Like, oh, man, it, may, it was very uplifting. Like, man, I, you know. But when the situation with George Floyd, it went down, I noticed that they started being more racist against Black people and stuff like that. When you lost me. You were hating on black people. It's like, you know what? I'm tired of hating on black people. Hey, Black Lives Matter. You lost me right there. You lost me right yeah, there. Yeah, dude. It, I talked about that last year because when I was, so I started my podcast in October. My second mm-hmm. season of this podcast, of, of season two of Inside the North Side, was all this stuff was going on, man. Like the whole George Floyd incident happened, the whole Vanessa Guillen. Dude, yes, I, I was yes. I was talking about that, man. And like 
I got a lot of crap from people because they were like, oh, you, you're not for the black people. You're, you're against BLM. You're a racist, white supreme. And I'm like, no. So to clear up everything, and I've done this before, I, su- I don't support the Black Lives Matter organization. I do support the movement because those people have, there's, those people just been, it's not right what happens to those people. But you know yeah. what? We stand up with them. And that's cool. I like as Hispanics and Latinos, we stand with other cultures because it's like, hey, look, we're the minority, we're pe- people of color. We're going to stand with each other, you know. And I didn't necessarily go to these marches that we had here in Houston. We had thousands of people in the streets. I was ne- I was against it, but people were bashing me about it. But the thing is, when we had a march for Vanessa Guillen, you know how many people showed up? Maybe like a thousand people. And that's sad, you know, because, like I said, you know, when people are telling me, oh, Mega Man, do you support Black Lives Matter? Why am I going to support that if it's all, if it's all, you know, founded by George Soros with the whole conspiracy yeah. with Ransom and Ramos? Me and Ransom and Ramos, we're, we're woke. We're not from, we're not like certain other Latino podcasts where certain ones are very, very one dimensional. We're looking at the bigger picture. When you have a lot of guidance, we see from major people like Gil from American Chilo talks about, hey, well, I don't know you seeing this Mexicans fighting over Mexicans. And they're just looking on top. So look at these idiots. They're fighting and not thinking about, about money or what's going on with the, the economy and stuff like that. I, I want to be like that. But it's sad that the whole country is going to support George Floyd. But when that situation happened with Vanessa again, I thought this was going to be an opportunity for the whole country, for all, all of Rasa to get together and unite and say, hey, enough's enough. But it was gone like in two or three weeks. Yeah. I mean, even the mother went to Trump. But I think. Yeah. I Yeah. So um, it's that crazy. Was a thousand, that picture was a thousand words seeing Vanessa Guillen's mom with Trump. It was like. She could tell us like she didn't. She just didn't want to be there. She was like, "Fuck this." You know, she's from here. She's from Houston, and yeah, my cousin was stationed in the same uh, place where she was at. So, and I work for the school district that she went to school with. So we, you know, the Houston ISD is a big district, and the school that she went to, Chavez High School. I've been there before. I delivered there before. When I was hearing about this on the news, it, dude, I couldn't sleep. For like two or three days, man, because it just bothered me so much. Because one, she's a Latina. Two, she's from Houston. Three, she went to sign up to protect this country. And, you know, my cousin did the same thing. You know, they're stationed at the same base. And hearing all about this, it's like it worried me about my own cousin and it worried about like her and her family. Cause like, dude, that could have yeah. been my that could have been my sister, that could have been my cousin, that could have been anybody. And seeing somebody who looks just like me bothered me. And, you know, and Gregory Mor- uh, Gregory Morales, too, the guy that, you know, people forgot about, too, that he was murdered. And he was from, is that, you know. Is that, the, is that the one that happened in Florida where, or Virginia? Was that the one in Virginia? No, that was the same one that happened at the same base. They found was, him and then they found Vanessa the same, like the was, same distance. When the whole situation happened with Vanessa again, there's been another in the Latino community, um, Hispanic uh, 
a cadet was murdered. Yeah, I know. I, I know. heard about him too. Yeah, and he and he found his body in the ocean or maybe in Virginia. I don't know. That, it was in the ocean it somewhere. Was, it was sad. Yeah, dude, and it like you said, this was like the opportunity for all the all of us to come together, regardless of nationality, regardless of skin color, a Latino. We were all to come together and be like, "Hey, man, this shit ain't right. Enough is enough." You know, but nothing happened. But the thing is, I kept up with the with the movement. It literally started here. It was just like a impromptu march. You know, this guy that I know, the promoter, he was like, hey, let's just do this. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Let's all meet up at this park here in downtown. And we mm-hmm. all walked to City Hall and we were there. We, we, you know, people did prayers. People talked. We had our representative um you know, talk and say she's going to take this to Washington and stuff like that. And from there, it was just, it was a fire, man. It was going from here to Ohio, to here from LA, here from New York to Florida and all these marches that were happening for her. And I was keeping up with them. And I know that her best friend was very advocate about her and everything she's been pushing in. Her sister was there too. And her mother was there. And like I said, it, it messed me up and it messed up my girlfriend. Cause it was like, this is this is these are our people, man, and they're doing this shit to us. And it's like, nah, man, I have to speak up. And I spoke up, and yet my my voice was unheard by people. People were just like, yo, yo, chill, just chill, yeah, yeah, you know, don't. See, that's be- the thing right there. See, that's the thing. Like Asians in the black community with the movements, they had their opportunities and they got what they wanted. When we wanted our opportunity, they ignored us and they and they put us in the back seat. So they's like, oh, look at Latino people where they all cry like. They, they consider us as fucking crybabies. You know, they're crying like, you know, what's going on with the street vendors, you know? It, it, it's sad, you know? And it, it you know, when, that shit, I, I want to be honest. That thing was, well, I used to live in Central Valley. That is, to me, is not ordinary. That stuff was been going on since I was young when, you see, a lot of these street vendors were getting execution or killed by the Black community, by the Black people, by our own people, of course, you know, and everything. Who knows if they were going to be robbed? Who knows if they were just, hey, you know, if you don't pay us, we got to fucking tax you. If you don't get my money, we're going to fucking kill you. Yeah. Like, Jose just, told me about that, fucking, we're, we're, keeping, we're, we're keeping it fucking real. Jose was telling me about that, that, you know, some of these uh, paleta men and the olote men, the, you know, some of like, I guess, communities would tax them. But, you know, they would also support them and buy from them. Dude, we don't have that. I mean, we have those here. We have the elote man. We have the paleta man. But nobody fucks with them here. And it it blew my mind that's like that's happening in California. It's like, yo, that's crazy because I've ne- no, never here, Houston, nobody fucks with them here because we have a lot of Hispanic people. But a lot of the black people will they buy from them, too. You know, because we all we all hang out with each other. We we're all cool. So a lot of the people from here, from Houston, we we watch out for them, and but they don't fuck with them. But it's crazy that they're fucking with them in California, and they're doing that shit like they did to that man execution style. And it's like, what perceives you in your mind to go and mess with this man who is a small business who's trying to provide for his family? Just to kill him for what? Because you don't like him? Because he's what Hispanic? Because you don't like what he does? Because what? What is it? What? What? What perceived in his mind to do that? It's crazy, you know. It's 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 sad, you know. It's really sad, you know. We're seeing, you know, hate, you know, when people are telling me, "Hey, make man, you got to talk about this." To me, it's very delicate, you know, because I don't discriminate. 
you know, I have a lot of black friends, a lot of Mexicans, a lot of Filipinos, Islanders, they have all that stuff. You know, the situation happened with, they said was a black person who shot him in the head, execution style. And there was a person I saw who posted, these are the people who are going around with some kind of mafia or some kind of certain kind of gang is going around uh, just executing certain Latino people and stuff just for the fuck of it, or maybe random people. With that situation, what was going on in Long Beach with, with you know, with those black people were going against the street vendors, to me, it hurt my heart. Why are you fucking doing this when we had to stop this war with the blacks and the Asians and the, and, and the Mexicans and the Filipinos and the Islanders? Those, those late 80s, early 90s wars, there was a lot of people lost in the streets in Long Beach. A lot of people don't talk about it. But you know what? A lot of those OGs, we're always trying to tell these youngsters, yo, you can't be doing that. The youngsters these days, and with their social media, with their world world star hip hop, with their social media and their clouds, they do not give a fuck and they do not respect us and shit. They think like, hey, oh, I'm just going to get the clouts and, and the likes and, you know, I'm going to go shoot someone and I'm going to have it on live Instagram. You dumb fuck you. You're an idiot. You know what it is, man? It's that these... Gen Z's and some of the millennials, they weren't taught with the, um, what's the word? They weren't taught with these same things that we were taught. My parents taught me to respect one another, treat others the people the way you want to be treated, you know, stand up for what's right, you know, mm-hmm. uh, stand up for people that need help. And it's like these kids nowadays don't they don't their parents don't know that their parents are fucking what. Uh, 35 they're 40 and they're you know the ones that were doing the same shit too so they teach it it's a it's a cycle that keeps going these kids don't know about fucking respect man there's kids that will come up to me that will talk shit to me and i'm like dude i could fucking squash you you know and it's like these it's crazy man that they're doing that shit in la and it's like la i mean california is mexican pretty much and it's like yo you can't be you can't be doing that, man. You it it's it. I really want to be. I'm upset, man, because it's like I'm here and I can't do anything. The only thing I can do is just talk about it. You know, I want to go out there and do something, but it's like I can't because I'm so many miles away. I would do. I would if I could. I would fly and be with y'all and help y'all out, man. Because that's that's my people. Those are my people. You know, I would do that for anybody else too. You know. I would, I, I got challenged by some youngsters, you know, face to face, not on these grams, whatever. And I taught them, it's like, yo, why are you doing this shit, man? When you see on social media, because you guys are looking up to Cardi B and Takashi 69 and all these trap musics and all this is like, what's in, what's not, this TikTok. Who gives a fuck about, man? What is that, what is that going to do? Your social media, what is it going to do for you? It's going to, when you're, when you're on people who are on social media a lot, what it's going to do is it's going to make you not talk to me. You're going to have a lack of communication. You're going to have a lack of education. What is what is Instagram going to teach you? Nothing. To take a fucking selfie? What is it going to do? Like, I want to conversate with people who are who, who say, hey, I don't want to be on my phone. You know, I get shit from my ladies. Like, hey, you're always on your phone. So you know what? Yeah. I'm going to put my phone away and all that. I shut my phone up. And there's times I even shut off my apps on, on certain things. It's like, what you do that for? Are you hiding something? So, no. I want to sit down with you. I want to spend time with you. I want to have a good conversation. I don't want to be on my phone 
And little by little, we're going to have a lack of communication when the time we spend time together. And I don't want that. Yeah. And with my, with, with my two, with my oldest son has autism, but it's mild, but I'm want to be there for him more. Like my son is on the computer because of his, because of the COVID his school and everything. But I can tell he is lacking communication. He's lacking social skills because he's in his room doing his homework. And I can tell his energy and his vibes like, yo, let's go out. Hey, what, are you okay? Are you doing good? And even with my, my daughter, I haven't seen her, but I know she's doing good. But with my little one, I do not want him to be looking up to these certain people on, on social media. I want him to be looking up to, to like people who inspired you, you know, like reading books or people, you know, I want a lot. If I tell people like, Hey, do you know who like the youngsters these days? Hey, do you know who Nelson Mandela is? No. Yeah. 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 Sad. You know, it's crazy. Like being, I went to high school like Oh seven from Oh seven to 2011. So social media, the only thing that was social was MySpace. That's the only thing we had. You oh, know? <laughs> hey, a lot of friendships were lost. Hey, hey man, I thought it was the top four. Homie. Yeah, dude. Like, MySpace was like the only thing. Maybe you had like AOL chat and stuff like that. If you reached out farther into the internet, but oh, all I we had, that yeah, shit. I remember that. All we had was MySpace. But as I got closer to graduating in, in, in high school and this and that, I started doing the social media. So Facebook popped up in like what? Oh, nine, 2010 around there. And, you know, I know Facebook was kind of like for the college kids and stuff like that. But then when it became public for a lot of people, a lot of people started signing up. People from MySpace went to Facebook. I was one of those people. And then you started getting Twitter and then you started getting Instagram and then you started getting Snapchat. And then you started getting TikTok and Vine. I literally watch social media like blow up in front of me. And I'm not going to lie, man. There's times where I'm on my phone. I'm not paying attention to my girlfriend. My girlfriend is the same thing, you know, and it's because, like I said, we're podcasters. So we're constantly just on our phone promoting. Hey, I got to do this. She's doing her. She has a vlog, you know, um, she just started a vlog a couple months ago. I kind of was like on her butt. I'm like, hey, man, you got to do something, man. You're never productive. You got to do something. So she started a vlog and she's doing really well. But like I said, we are we are both on our social media just putting this and that. And like you said, the lack of communication gets thinner and thinner every time to where the point where it's like, why are you always on your phone? I was like, why are you always on your phone? And it's like, why are you giving me shit about that? You know, and like you said, um, you know, these kids don't know about shit. Dude, my cousin, she is. She's 17. So she asked me this question. She's like, who says our Chavez? Why do we have a day? Uh, why do we have Monday off? Because Monday is says our Chavez day. She's like, why do we have that day off? And I was like, hey, yo, what the fuck? I was like, you don't know who says our Chavez is? She's like, no, dude. I. It's, it's sad. It's sad. It's sad. It's, 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 it's sad that uh, the kids these days, these new generations of kids, which I think this is our. It's, they're going to be looking up to us as like, hey, save us. Save us from this, you know, because we are. Gen Z is uh, bad, dude. Gen Z is it, horrible. It, 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 yeah, it's sad. And and that's the thing we didn't talk about also where with with my life, it changed with social media is when you watch that, that documentary on Netflix called Social Dilemma. Whoa, that really would wake you up thinking to myself, our phone is watching, recording, listening to what we say in our algorithms. Oh, hey, say, for example, it's like, hey, 
Mega Man, I was like, okay, puppies. I get a whole bunch of puppies. Oh, Mega Man's like like Asian girls. Oh my god, I get a whole bunch of Asian girls. Or just anything <laughs> yeah. and stuff like that. Because they're watching. They, that to me is like it makes me and because everyone goes with social media. And I think with this COVID that happened, it made things worse where it brought a lot of depression out. It showed a lot of true motherfucking colors on a lot of people. It's like, whoa, I can't be affiliated with you anymore because now I see for who you really are. So I'm kind of, I don't want to say in a bad way, I'm kind of thankful for this COVID that happened, but it brought out a lot of evilness in people where it's like, I have to push away. I can't be affiliated with you. But at the same time, it it it, it would it made me find myself more more deeper and also with the drinking also what was what was I doing wrong in my relationship in school with the family with the social media so to me I'm in a good place right now where it's like I have everything balanced now but um like I said with the new generation of these kids these days they're lost Dude, it's even in my own generation with the millennials. It's like they're lost too. like like you were saying, you know, COVID, it kind of was a curse, but it's also a blessing because you started people started coming out of their shell and you started noticing who they really are. Like Mm -hmm. I said, I had a guest on this show guest, you know, friends of mine and like, you know, I thought they were cool and I thought they were, you know, for everybody and this and that. Well, they made this comment. Because I, I used to do this thing where it's called Answer the Internet. It's a video. It's a, it's a game. Um, so we did this one question. I was thinking about this, too. Um, I was like, if you could get rid of one thing in the world, what would you get rid of? And she straight up was like, white people. And I was like, um, at that time, I didn't think about it. But now I'm like, yo, that's racist. You wouldn't have said that two years ago. But now I truly see for who you are. And it's like... I don't know. I don't know if they fuck with me now because of how what everything I'm talking about. But it's like I still you guys are my friends, but like I will still support you. But the shit that you say, I can't fuck with, man, because Mm -hmm. it's a double standard because I've had friends who support BLM. They're Mexican. They're Latino. And with Vanessa Guillen. Nothing with uh, Gregor Morales. Nothing with the street vendors. Nothing. Um, the Asian hate. Literally, I was talking about this like two month, two weeks ago, a couple weeks ago. Um, you know, because I started seeing that, and my girlfriend started posting this stuff. She'll send me stuff, and it's like, "Yo, what the fuck's happening with these Asian people?" I didn't think about it that these people were getting criticized and and, and um, you know, and doing this shit to these people because um, they're blaming COVID on China and stuff like that. And it's like. All Asian people aren't Chinese. All people, they're, they're Vietnamese, they're Korean, they're, mm-hmm. um, you know, Taiwanese, they're, they're, they're Japanese. And it, it's sad to see these people get put in this box and then get blamed for something that wasn't even their fault. So, yeah, I stood with them. I'm standing with them. I have friends that are Asians. I have friends that are Filipino, you know, and I stand with them and I posted about it. All these people that saw it that I know that supported BLM. Nada, nothing. And now that all these celebrities and people are talking about it now, oh, it's all like, oh, I got to post this now because so-and-so was saying, I was like, yo, bitch, why weren't you saying this shit when I was talking about it a couple weeks ago? Because everyone's doing it because everyone, everyone, 
everyone doesn't want to be a leader. They want to be a fucking follower. True. That's that's fucking true, dude. Like, and and that's the thing with me. I don't want to be a leader. I want to. I don't want to be a leader. I don't want to be a follower. It's like, hey, I just want to focus on me. You know, I would because I don't want to work for someone, which I kind of do work at the grocery store. Yeah. But I just like I just I. And people will tell me, man, Mega Man, we depend on you. Like, t- say something. Like, we want to hear from you. Why? So you can repost it or for you to criticize me? Like, yeah, exactly. It, that's the platform that we're on, dude. It's like, hey, like you said, hey, talk about it. And it's like, we do. And they're like, I don't want to hear that. I want to hear what I want to hear. And it's like, how do I know what you want to hear? You don't tell me. I'm telling you from my own opinion, you know? And, People will criticize you like that. People will either love you even, or they'll criticize you. Even even with our own people, they, you know, like, hey, Megan, man, say something. Well, whatever I say in my mouth, you might agree or you might not agree or you might just fucking bash on me, man. Like, come on, dude. dude that's, like, that's the thing that George Lopez says. Mexicans, us Latinos can never be happy for nobody. <laughs> that goes with the family. That goes with anyone. Oh, oh, mira. Oh, look at him. Why he's doing this? But when you when you get fucking big, oh, Mira, look at him. He's big now. Like, be like him. Yeah. But at the same time, you're gonna have an aunt, you're gonna have a cousin. Says, I don't know why you're wasting your time doing this. But when you do get fucking big, be like, hey, you know, with me, I won't mention. It. I have family members and say you you just waste your time doing fucking podcasts. But now, in like in a year or two, they're like, you know, man, I. I, I I'm I'm a believer, man. I was doubting you, but you know what? You, you you're doing it. You're doing it. That's why you never judge a book by its cover. Let just keep on doing it. You know. That's why, like to me, I like to be that horse with the blinds, where I just not worrying about this side or this side. You just I focusing worry on about one that. thing. The reason why, because I got a lot of mockery for this, because I I did a podcast and 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 a lot of people heard it. It says, you know, what's your ultimate goal? And I told him, you know, my ultimate goal before I die is, you know, hopefully he's still around still. Is I want to be a guest on the Joe Rogan's podcast. And I'm not going to mention this podcast, but they started laughing at me like, oh, you're never going to fucking make it and shit or and all that. And I'm thinking to myself, see, and this is the thing that I'm very selective of who I support in the Latino community when it comes to podcasts or the Latino community. Because because what happens if I'm just saying if. What happens if one day, let's say, for example, you, okay. let's say, hey, Mega Man, you know, like, hey, um, what's your ultimate goal? I'm going to be on the Joe Rogan's podcast and you are mocking me and laughing at me. Then all of a sudden in a year and a half, you see me on Joe Rogan's podcast. How would that make you feel? It's like, fuck. You'd be, you feel I, shitty. You feel shitty. You feel shitty. You feel shitty and all that. But to me, I feed off negative. I feed off negative energy negative or haters because that motivates me when a person says you're not gonna do it you're not gonna make it like the movie dewey cox you're never gonna make it like <laughs> yeah no i always say that shit but i always i'll prove people wrong when it's like when buddha kutura is like Mega man's podcast he ain't gonna be like us you know he's never gonna get him he's never gonna get that i bring the who's who's whoever comes on the Mega man's podcast no matter if you're Hispanic, Latino, white, black, Asian, gay, lesbian, transgender, any fucking color. I don't give a fuck if you have a million followers. I don't care if you have 50 followers. I just want to bring you on because I know I built a relationship with you. 
you have a good story to tell. I'm going to do my best to make that story good. So that story and that episode will live on forever. I mean, will live on forever for their families or their kids where their legacy can live on from generation to generation. When you and I, we are not here on earth. And the only thing they can hear is the Mega Man's podcast or your podcast and be like, dude, I remember when Mega Man was, was doing your podcast. It's like, dude, I remember I did the Mega Man. It's like, wow. Because dude, you feed off the energy like Goku do when I he starts it. going Super it. Saiyan, man. It just gets my nipples hard, dude. <laughs> dude, I love that that your goal, that your goal, your super goal is to be on the Joe Rogan podcast, man. I'm there with you. I would be right there and be like, "Yo, Joe, you know my my, my homie Steven, you know." But my my goal is to be to have my show just like his, just to be where you have all these interesting people, you know, and just talk because Joe, dude. You wouldn't think that he would know all this stuff because, you know, he he, he does UFC, he does a comedian and stuff like that. You didn't I wouldn't have thought that he would know a lot of shit. And he, but he hangs around with all these people who yeah. open his mind and he just has all these scientists, comedians, movies, actors. And I I love it, dude. And I like I said, I strive to be like I want my show one day to be like Joe Rogan where I'm just like I got a nice studio, I got my own little Jamie. You know, I have all these guests, you know, and just I want to be up there. And I whoever was with me, I want to bring them with me, man, because support is a big thing for me. It's like, you know, I tell my girlfriend sometimes, you know, hey, when I do like these questions and stuff like that on my Instagram, I don't have that much people who support. They don't answer the questions. And it's like it brings me down because I'm like, fuck, what am I doing wrong? She's like, fuck them. If they're not going to support you, then. Like you said, clean house, clean house, dude. You know, that's what I, that's what I got to do. I already did a little bit. Um, I'm not going to name the names, but it's a podcast that I helped out. And, Mm. you know, I was like, Hey, you guys look, I support you. So I expect they to support me because I helped produce their podcast and, you know, I got nothing back for them. They just look at my stories. They don't say shit. They don't ever interact with anything. They don't mention my podcast. I was a guest on their podcast several times, never uh, tagged me in it. And I'm like, you know what? I know you guys are my friends and I know I helped you out, but I got to cut ties. Like you got your own thing. I got my own thing. I would love to support you guys, but if you're not going to support me, then I can't support you. I'm sorry. And that's, and that's the thing. And, and, and we'll get to that right there. Cause I like where your head's at right there. Um, people always say when, if once you're done with Joe Rogan, like, is that it? He says, no, that's, there's endless of, you know, podcasts out there. You know, everyone thinks like, is Joe Rogan your inspiration? I like him. He's good. But actually, to be honest, my ultimate inspiration, the one I look up to is DJ Vlad from Vlad TV on YouTube. Dude, his videos he's are very, awesome, man. He's that, and the reason why he's very controversial. And I'm like that. I am controversial. Jose Ramos from Rantino is very controversial. And the thing is, we have to be like that because when we have guests on, we ask, we could be cool with them, but we have to be, say, this is what I'm going to talk about. And there's be guests that are like, hey, man, I don't want to talk about this. I want to talk about that. That means I always tell them, if you don't want to talk about that, that means you have fucking stuff, something to hide or you can't own up to your responsibilities and you can't own up to your fucking problem. So man the fuck up and, and, True. and you know, deal with it. Because if you're just going to be like, no, nah, I don't want to talk about it. What happens if those listeners say, hey, how come he didn't say this? How can you say that? Oh, because my guest was a fucking pussy. He, didn't, he was too scared because he cares about his grams. He cares about his numbers. 
He cares about because that's what's feeding him on the table is his numbers. I don't give a fuck about that shit. And that's where a lot of people, a lot of podcasters or certain people don't want to do me because they want me to put my mask on as a fake person. Uh-uh. I'll take my glasses off. What you see is what you get. I am not changing that shit, you know? And with also with when you're a podcaster, I always tell other podcasters, work on your weaknesses. You know, I don't want to be one dimensional. Like a lot of people consider me as a Latino podcast. To me, I, I, I was very upset when they said to me I was a Latino podcast. Because what the reason, the reason why in the beginning it was awesome. To me, I don't like that. Because they're considered, they're making me as a one-dimensional podcast. They're putting you in the box. You're, they're putting me in the box. And I don't want to be in that box. I want to be universal. And this is the thing where certain Latino podcasters or certain Latina podcasters are having a hard time you know, getting out of that pond to go explore what's out there. And, and they want to stay in their little cocoon because they, they don't, they don't want to have an open mind to make your podcast grow. To me, I want to have, I want, that's why I've been doing a lot of people's podcasts. I want to bring the who's who's anyone like how Joe Rogan is or Vlad TV or whatever, because it's going to better my podcast. It's going to make me a better person. I'm going to understand more of what, how they think or what social media, and it's going to bring more numbers but at the same time, I'm more like a chameleon now. I can adapt to any type of social media or any type of podcast that's out there, you know? Yeah, dude. I, I agree with you on that, man. Like, me? I, yeah, like you said, you, they put you in the box as a Latino podcast. I'm a Latino podcaster. I'm a Mexican podcaster. I'm a Hispanic podcast. But my podcast is not that. My podcast, I have all kinds of people on there. I've yes. had... You know, I've had band promoters, I've had bands, I've had uh, small businesses. I'm going to be doing a, a business, small business episode in a couple of weeks. You know, I've had cosplayers on here. Just a couple of weeks ago, I did an episode about body positivity with, with a guy talking about male body positivity and how uh, society and, and fashion doesn't notice us bigger guys because they're always promoting the tall six foot two a guy with the six pack or the you know and it's like yeah that's cool you're, you're promoting their body positivity but it's like yo there's bigger guys out here that deal with depression and, and, and anxiety and and you know we're kind of like we don't want to go out because we're ashamed of our bodies like dude when i go to the beach i don't take off my shirt i leave my shirt on because i'm like I'm body conscious about myself. I don't, I feel like I don't want people to look at me and stuff like that. And the guy that I had, he's like, man, fuck it. Just take it off. If you have to, you have to start feeling comfortable in your own body. When you, once you start feeling comfortable in your own body and your own self, then you're fucking, you're invincible, man. You know, I was, I was like that. I was uncomfortable with my body, but I'm, like I said, Mega Man's bringing sexy back again. Hell yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but I was, I was more comfortable. What came out of my mouth? Is it gonna if it's gonna hurt people? Am I gonna lose followers? You know, but sometimes you know, like, and I and I say this, you know, you gotta have an open mind. You have to explore different types of uh, people's opinions or other people's podcasts on social media, on the news, or read books. You know, um, I stopped going to YouTube. I only go on YouTube to watch reruns of The Wire on HBO, but uh, I've been going to this website because 
Google and YouTube and Instagram and Facebook are very censored of what they put on certain agendas. So I've been going to DuckDuckGo where it, te- it teaches you the real truth. It tells you what social media on certain platforms cannot show because of their guidelines, of the community guidelines. Yeah, you guys and turned me I, on to that, man. Yeah, yeah I've, I've been, been hearing about there. yeah, I've been hearing about DuckDuckGo for a while because there's this uh, this guy I watch on YouTube. It's called Louder Crowder, Stephen Crowder, and you know he. It's a conservative podcast, but like he he talks about everything, you know. It's not just one thing conservative. It's about everything, and he uses DuckDuckGo a lot. And he showed side by side um, Tulsi Gabbard. He he uh, he searched oh. her on Google and he searched She's her good. on DuckDuckGo, and mm-hmm. he was like, "Look, they they took out certain things and stuff like that." And when yes. you were talking about it in Jose, I was like, "You know what? I got to download the app." So they, I've been using they, DuckDuckGo. They, yeah, they made her look stupid, thinking like she was a Russian. Uh, I don't want to say Russian. I don't want to say was a Russian spy or Russian. Like she was getting help from the Russians, but they just edit certain things to make her look to make her look stupid, so she can drop out of the presidency. She's a good person. I like her. She was going to be one of those ones to stop this this monopoly of social medias with Facebook and and Instagram and all that stuff. She wanted just the Twitter and all that stuff. Is this because that when you have those social media platforms, it can control your presidency of who who to vote for Trump or was it for Biden? Yeah, so that's why in a way with this whole duck duck go, I that's where I get all my information from the COVID, the presidency, you know, the stuff that's been going on with this, uh, you know, this child trafficking and stuff like that. A lot of people don't know, and uh, it's something where when you're a podcaster, you know, I do when I when I'm a podcaster, I do not want to talk about false stuff. It has to be facts because yeah. there will be p- people out there who will fact check you. Yeah. So well, you for got, sure, you, dude. So, and that's the thing where a lot of podcasters, I, they think like, Oh, podcast is easy. Homie. Being my Hell fucking no, shoes. Not. I've been dealing, I've been dealing with pressure since day fucking one. And I deal with this shit. Now, the only the reason I just took a break because of work and I have to take care of some personal things up in Northern California. But when you're a podcaster, you're you're gonna be. I'm, I deal with criticism every fucking day. I deal with hate. I fill with positivity. I it's like mixtures of everything. Even my lady tells me I I would never want to be a podcaster. I would never want to be in your shoes. <laughs> I don't know how you. I don't even know how you sleep at night. But the thing is, when you have super thick skin, and when you see those people who you think they, that you might know. And he's like, wow, this kind of sounds just like you with the fake Instagram account. You know, you just, the trolls, the keyboard warriors that still live in the fucking mama's basement eating like flaming hot Cheetos. And fuck them, <laughs> dude. They ain't shit. They dude, ain't shit. Yeah, I know. I, Being a I, podcast I, is hard, man. It. I even I even called a motherfucker around and said, hey, you're talking all this shit. Meet me here tomorrow. At this time, I'll be here waiting for you for two hours. Where are you at? He didn't respond. He just seen it on Instagram, but he didn't come. I was waiting for pussy, two hours. Pussy, pussy, fuck. Where's, uh, where's that? Uh, where's that thing I got? Man, come on, man. But you know, dude, like my girlfriend, you know, she sees me doing this, and she she's interested in doing a podcast too. But I'm like, you have to be. As podcasters, we got the spot the spotlight on us, regardless of small or big. Yes. People look at what we say. 
you know, when I first started, I was really self-conscious. And I'm like, should I even be talking about this? But I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Nope. If nobody listens to it, I'm just going to say it. So I spoke my mind. And, you know, there's certain things that I'm like, I can't talk about that. But now, like I said, listening to you and listening to Jose and listen to all these other podcasts, I'm like, you know what? Why am I going to be scared? If I feel like this is right and this is, I'm just going to speak my mind. If somebody doesn't like it, boohoo, cry, you know, go listen to someone else's podcast. That's going to make you feel better. Yeah. But if you, if you don't want to listen, if you want to listen to mine and listen to what I have to say, then kudos, man. Because, you know, with the whole cancel culture and with the whole other millennials and Gen Z, people don't respect your opinion, regardless of what it is. I mean, even if. You know, like I've had friends who were like, well, you know, you don't support the BLM. You don't do this. I was like, okay, but these are my reasons. And it's like, I I respect your reasons. Hey, look, that's what you're for. That's cool, man. I totally support it. But these are my opinions. And this is what I'm telling you what I don't believe in. But they look at me with the side eye and start talking all this cheese man about me. And it's like, why are you doing that? I don't do that to you. I respect you. Why can't you do the same for me? Treat others the way you would want to be treated. If you want me to talk shit about you, I will because I know shit about you. But I choose not to because that's not the kind of person I am. The kind of person I am is like, I will respect you if you respect me. If you can't respect me, then, yeah, I got to cut it off. You know, I I deal with this sometimes at work, I, um, you know, with people who hate me or people in the podcast or this. And, you know, it used to get to me. I used to go hard on I used to troll them. And now it's like, I, I always tell them, I'm going to be honest. If you hate on me, I don't know why you're wasting your energy on me. Because what you're doing is when you're bashing and talking shit to me, you're building my numbers up. You're making me relevant. So thank you. Yeah. Uh, I don't have a clap. I forgot. <laughs> Anywho, uh, let's turn on to some more uh, brighter subjects. So. Um, are you a sports fan? Tell me if you love sports, man. I, I love sports. Uh, I'm a I'm a huge Niners fan. So don't be saying, "Oh, this Mega Man's a little foodie cake." No, hey, know? look, I, hey, you like the 49ers? See, that's cool, man. You know they're in a rebuild themselves. I'm an Eagles fan, and you know I used. Oh, my my lady's an Eagles fan. <laughs> oh no! So check this out. I used to be a Texans fan. Okay, but and I got a lot of shit for this. I was a Texans what? fan. What happened to that quarterback? We heard some rumors oh, about man. that guy. Oh, no. Okay. So I'm going to talk about that next week. Um, <laughs> dude. But no, I was a Texans fan for a while. I supported the Texans. I was behind them. But slowly, shit started happening. And I, and it's like, you can only win the AFC South so many times. But if you can't get past the second round, which was Tom Brady, which is understandable. But Tom Brady is just a man. You know, you can beat him. He's not a super, he's not super mega Godzilla. If you can't do that and you're focusing on being another team, then it's like, I can't do it. So like a year or two ago, I was like, I'm done. I'm done with the Texans. After they got blown out by Kansas City, I was done. So I ended up choosing Philadelphia, which has always been like my second team. But I never really focused on them because I was a Texans fan. So I became an Eagles fan and I got a lot of shit for that. So like I said, Uh we're in a rebuild. I, Hey, the 49ers are good, man. I had a coworker who's a 49ers fan, you know. Yeah, I'm a Niners fan. Warriors, they're kind of okay. You know, you know, it's just right now, I'm, dude, I, I like watching MMA, like UFC and Bellator and all that stuff. That's my shit soccer, too. Soccer here and there. There is a, a show 
I, I think it's called ta- it's a tag game where you a person's you have 10 seconds and this person has to catch you and tag you oh i i, I was just i was watching i was hooked like oh that's easy they have all these bars and these obstacles and the name of the game is what you have to catch that person tag them like yeah who's the quickest and who can maneuver certain things and i saw it on sports center i'll, I'll tag you on it but dude it's intense, like, oh, it was <laughs> it's really good. Like, that stuff right there. But, uh, you know, just like I said, I just, I just like, I could say UFC, you know. Uh, when it comes to basketball, uh, like I said, Warriors, Kings, hockey, San Jose Sharks, uh, baseball, I'm a San Francisco Giants fan. So I See got right there. From the don- when I heard yeah. that, when I heard that, I was like, thank you. Thank you, Lord, that he's a Giants fan. Because if you were a Dodgers fan, bro, I'm sorry. I <sighs> I got a lot of shit because when me and my lady on Friday, we, we took our son to, uh, to, to, to go hiking. And he, my son was wearing a Dodgers hat and I see him on a DMs. Dude, because I know like, you guys, I know the Giants and the Dodgers have that beef, but right now, LA and Houston, Dodgers you know. Life, and I told, I told her, says, hey, we're going to win. I said, I'm going to be honest, dude. You're going to win. A, you're going to win a series. You know, it was awesome. The Dodgers won the World Series. Tom Lasora, then a, I think a couple months later, he died. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, it was a special one. I'll give them that. I'm not going to hate on them, but. I just want to get my lady off my back. Okay, man. yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, man. so dude, with that whole beef with us and the Dodgers, the Astros and the Dodgers, man, it gets heated. <laughs> you it guys gets are heated. It gets heated, dude. So, like, so I used to be a Dodgers fan. I loved the Dodgers because they were in the NL, and, and I was like, you know, Dodgers got all this history and stuff like that. I like the Giants too. The Giants are awesome. Um, but you know, my grandfather liked the Dodgers. He's an Astros fan, but he's he's whatever. But um. You know, I used to like Dodgers. Whenever I would go to the Astros games at Minute Maid Park, I would go see the Dodgers and stuff like that and check them out. So when we won the World Series, all these Dodgers fans start coming at us. And literally, I swear to God, 2018, 2019, they were coming after us. And I was like, you know what? It's time to put my dukes up, man. You know, but I was like, when I heard that you were a Giants fan, I was like, oh, man, thank God. When I talked to Jose... I was like, please, man, please don't be a Dodgers fan because no, I don't want to talk shit about them because it's very it's very passionate here. We're like, fuck them, you know, and it's like it's cool. I'm cool with the people, but I'm like, hey, man, you're a Dodgers fan. Yeah, you know, but when it, like I said, when I heard you were a Giants fan, I was like, oh, thank God he loves the Bay. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, when you live in Northern California, like when you had you were saying that you had your slang, your Houston slang words. We have our slang words, which I say from time to time, like hecka, hella, oh, dude, dude. <laughs> but we say hecka a lot. That's our Nor- NorCal slang, like, yeah. oh, man, that was hella tight. Oh, heck yeah, hecka, hecka tight, you know? That's awesome, dude. I saw this one band, and they have a song called, it's like, hella, hella, or something like that. Yeah. Um, Helleva or something. I forgot what it was, but I was like, okay, this, you know, like I was talking about the Houston slang, we got... You know, know what I'm saying, you know, hold it down. You know, we got all this stuff. It I have a friend of mine. I'm gonna ask him and like, hey yo, dude, we're gonna do an episode that's just about Houston slang, cause he's a cool guy, but sometimes you can't understand him because he's just he just you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. just talking about you know, just I'm like, 
What? He got that. He got that. Uh, he got that Paul Wall kind of shit. That Dude, slow version. I'm gonna try to get Paul Wall on the show, man. My cousin knows Paul him. Paul's a man. Yeah, the the people, bro. Like my cousin knows him because there was some stuff that was going on. Um, I talked about it before. You know, I don't know if you heard about that episode. Nah. So but you know, he's like, I think he lives in Houston. He lives uh, in Houston. D from the. Willie D from the Ghetto Boys. Yeah, dude, Willie D. I heard him on, on Joe's podcast, and I was the Ghetto Boys is awesome, dude. But like I was saying watch about, him, watch him on Flat TV. Oh my god, dude, fucking, you know him and and Scarface, and so like I was saying, my cousin, um, he knew uh, what's it called, Bushwick Bill. My him mm-hmm. and uh, Bushwick Bill, my uncle. They, you know, they would see each other from time to time and hang out and stuff like that. But my cousin knows Paul Wall, and I'm sorry, Homer, uh, if I tell about this story. He's talked about it on the podcast. I had him on the podcast. So there was this in, this uh, situation where it was Paul Wall, Baby Bash, and they were doing some shit in a smoke in a smoke shop. And my cousin was at the door, I guess, you know, being the bouncer or whatever. So I guess word got out to HBD. They went and raided it, and he ended up being in that same situation as them. He ended up getting scot free because he wasn't involved with it. But it's funny because, like, on the news we saw it, and I was like, "Oh shit, my cousin's," you know, in the situation with Paul Wall and Baby Bash. But if you go back and listen to the episode with my cousins that I did, it's called um, "We Are Family." We talk shit about fucking Baby Bash, dude, because it's like. One of my cousins hates him for some reason. I don't know what it is, but he's like, fuck baby bash, this and this and that. And my cousin was like, yo, man, you got to edit that out. And I was like, why? It's like, it's freedom of speech. If baby bash wants to come after me, come after me, you know? I got nothing against him. You know, I sugar, sugar, how you get so fly and, and all this and that. I, I I heard all that, you know, but like my cousin knows Paul Wall. What I'm, the trying to think I'm trying to say, he knows Paul Wall. So I'm going to try to get Paul Wall on the show. But like I said, Paul Wall's busy. He's got us and that's so, but I got to get him on the show, man, because he's H-Town. So it's like, if you can get me what's on there, I can get into the hip hop uh, fan group. And I'm like, yo, you know, we're Northside, we're Houston. This is the, we're our, this is our hood, you know, and stuff like that. So I'm going to try to get him on this podcast, man. It, it, it's something I have to do. That's what you got to do, you know, like trying to get major people, you know. Um, a lot of people is like, I remember Chris was doing an episode from Kickback Podcast and he was like, Man, I, I, I DM like six or seven celebrities a day, you know, because you never know one's going to say yes, you know, and that's what I always do. It's like, hey, you want to do my podcast? My name I always introduce, you know, like, hey, whatever. Well, someone's going to say yes, you know, and that's the thing, you know, like you always want to get those good guests. And but you know what? At the same time, keep on putting content out, keep on doing you. And and also I always so other podcasters do other people's podcasts you know make the connections make love you know showing people showing showing people love i mean i, I didn't say make love, make love. <laughs> i was like what no, the fuck am yeah. i talking about dude yeah i'm, I'm gonna there. take that page out of your book dude when you were talking about that do other people's podcasts because I've, I've been interviewed before um to the de los reyes podcast it's these two brothers that live out in new jersey they talk strictly about baseball so they interviewed me so i did that podcast i did um my friend's podcast nothing matters um and um what did, did i do another one i don't think i did uh i'm supposed yeah. to do me and jose are supposed to hook up and we're supposed to do i'm supposed to be on his show 
And I know we've talked about me being on, on the Mega Man podcast, but like, um, like we're, I said, we're, we're going to probably do three. So one on the phone with Anchor, one probably on Zoom mm-hmm. and the another one on like IG Live. So be ready to do three of them. Oh, dude, I'm like I said, I'm taking the page out of your book and I, w- I want to be on other people's podcast because like I want to put myself out there. And I also want them to be on my show so we can get the exposure. And it's like, I wash my yeah. back. Yeah, yeah, you wash mine, I wash yours. And it's like, we all get it. It's a community. The podcast community has, to, we got to be stronger, dude. That's how it, it is, you know? Yeah, it, I'm going to be honest, man. Looking back from 2018 until now, man, there, there's even times, man, I'm surprised I'm still doing podcasts. I There is times I wanted to quit at 20 episodes or with 30 episodes. And the reason why I say that for it, because when you're a beginning podcast, you always want to make it easy in this. But when you get to those 50 episodes to maybe 90th episodes, it's going to make you it's you're going to get into those those dark ages where I, I don't feel like doing it. I don't, what am I going to talk about? It's hard to be original who this. Mm-hmm. But once you once you get over that and you get to 100 episodes, that's like a monkey off your back. And and when you have the experience of doing other people's podcasts, doing lives, doing YouTubes, getting certain guests, a lot of good, some bad apples, you know, it, it's all experience of how to play with certain situations. What happens if I'll give you an example? I won't mention this person, he or she. I had this person on that was going to be a good podcast episode and it came out shitty. And the episode was only about 29 minutes. And and also I had to add in 20 minutes of me talking, whatever. And I thought his he I felt like he didn't want to be there. He was uncomfortable. He was stopping me. Hey, edit this out, edit this. I'm like, <laughs> like, dude, what the fuck? And there's the one thing people should know about me. I take this podcast very seriously. Because I'm doing podcasts 24 seven, even on my days off, I have like right here. This is my homework on you. I did two pages on you today. Really? This is called dedi- this is called dedication of anything happens. But I have another book. I have it, which it's, I have another book like this. But it's my I put strong points and weak points. And when be every time before I do a podcast, I look at my strong points. When I do another podcast with you, I look at my weak points. Don't do this. Don't do that and everything. Because it really depends if the person's going to be over talking. It really depends if the person doesn't want to talk, how you're going to chime in and have questions to keep the ball flowing, to exactly. keep the minutes going. There was an episode I did where we, I had all my questions. I had three pages of questions. I went through everything in nine minutes. Nine minutes? And, nine minutes nine or ten minutes and i was like oh my god and we have to do an hour and 30 minutes what the fuck am i going to talk about and this is where you really dig into deep like okay what am i going to do what am i going to say you really have to dig deep and this is called to see if you have it or not yeah and when i was done with that episode it came out so good and he said to me i know you asked all those questions and I highly respected you because you digged in deep and you were doing a freestyle where you kept the conversation going and it just add on more questions on top of my head when he was talking. Oh, what about this? Or what about that? Or what you think about this? Like, how, where did you go? Like to keep it going. 
there was times like that where I didn't bring my notepad because I looked at all my questions because sometimes well, what's going to happen if you got a freestyle yeah. and, why, and I get worried if I do a podcast episode, I don't want to repeat the same question 10 or nine times in one episode. Yeah, dude, I, I've been there. I used to have little notes and stuff like that. I, with Jose, I did notes and stuff, asked questions, but now mostly I freestyle. But what I do is like, if I'm going to have, say, you or Jose or even like profile pod TV, I oh. listen I listen to episodes. I listen to four, five, six episodes. I go through their Instagram. I check their stuff out and I look at and see, OK, this is what he talks about. This is what he does. How can I inter- how can I integrate that in my podcast? What kind of questions can I ask him? Is he is he going to respond to these deep intellectual questions or is he going to shy away from that is are they going to do this or going to do that so i do my research you know all right thank you i thank you for that i thank you that you did your research and that's the thing i always tell other podcasters do your research i remember like again shout out to christmas kickback he says to me megaman bring a guest that you already know for who who he or she is and you enjoy listening to it and you support them he or she and you like having the conversation because it's gonna make your episode super smooth yeah like like you're talking like you it feels like you've been talking for 20 minutes but it feels like you've been talking for an hour and 45 minutes for sure dude that's why i just i let my worries go like I, i always have friends on and stuff like that but if it's like people i don't know I'm like, okay, how am I going to do this? So one of the episodes that I highly am very proud of is I had this this girl on, this lady. Her name is Grizzy. Uh, um, She uh, has this Facebook page called Grizzy's Hood News. So what she does Uh is she reports the hood news, um, the area that she lives in, which is the area that I work in. She's always going on Instagram Live, Facebook Live, talking about, uh, things that are going on in the hood that the news won't report or the news that will report three, four days later. So I had her on my show and I really respect her and I, I look up to her and I'm like, dude, you're doing good things. So when I had her, I, she was kind of nervous because she had never done anything like this before, even though she's you know, done some stuff. But I'm mm-hmm. very proud of that episode. She blew, she blew my podcast up, dude. I had like a hundred and something people follow me on Facebook. I had people blow up the episode on Anchor. I had people blow up Instagram all because she just shouted me out and people listened to it and people reached out and they're like, dude, we really enjoyed that episode. We didn't know that there's people out there that are reporting the hood news because no one else is going to report it. And like I said, she, it, that it's a great episode. Whenever somebody asks me, it's like, hey, what's an episode you suggest listening to? It's that one. So, yeah, when a lot of people tell me like, hey, what episode should I listen to? It's like, pick whatever you want, because there's I, because people always tell me, what was who's the best guest you ever had? I can't say that they're all good. I mean, there's some guests I had, which I don't talk to them anymore or I don't affiliate with them, but I'm not going to bash on them. They can like, hey, because any guest that came on my podcast, they all blew up guarantee they all blew up i'll give you an example when i first started the make a mass podcast i wanted when i wanted to get through you know some guests on um dude despite thinking about it, it gets a little emotional the three major people i got on 
and was first my first celebrity guest was Tony A. the Wizard, and now he has the most biggest Chicano Latino podcast there is in the United States. You know, giving people the you know their voices heard in the Chicano music and you know, music industry uh, from Rodium Radio. You know, he's doing big, and he did the podcast on accident because he was just trying to promote his Rodium documentary. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and also he was just going to do like, oh, I'm going to do 10 episodes and promote, not knowing he's going to be doing this podcast, uh, Rodeo Radio now. And now it just blew up. And now he's getting he's getting the love. And I I and if it wasn't for Tony, because I'm going to tell you a little story. If it wasn't for George Perez on Joe Rogan's podcast, you know, him doing the pod, you know, you know, him doing the George Perez stories, because. Tony A was was a guest on George Perez stories. I would be doing podcasts. Tony A will be doing podcasts. If Joe Rogan didn't plant to that seed for George, George Perez to do a podcast, I, you and I, we wouldn't be here talking right now. That's crazy. So a man. lot of things happened from Joe Rogan, but from Tony A, he blossomed. My second guest I had is the as of the most the most legendary Harbor area finest mc poncho mc poncho is probably one of the most probably one of the pioneers who started the chicano rap scene like a lot of people don't give him credit but he's one of those pioneers my third celebrity guest i ever had was comedian tanya estrada to me she's like the renaissance woman she can do it all she can do it all comedian hosting podcast everything if i didn't have those three major people, three major guests in the beginning in 2018, in the beginning of 2019, my podcast will be nowhere. I always think back, if I started the podcast now, I would have quit a long time ago because I did the podcast in 2018, the right timing and the perfect moment, everything just aligned up perfect. But now I see a lot of people are doing podcasts and when you have a podcast it's i'm i'm going to be very honest certain podcasters are going to be stuck in that little pond and are going to be there's the ocean is filled with billions of, pod, yeah. of podcasters and is this going to be it's not going to be found and because you have to get out there and go get it and i feel like i guarantee with all these latino these not latino podcasts but all these other pod- people who started these podcasts because of covid when shit gets back to normal i guarantee maybe 30 or 40% are going to quit and get back to normal oh no and- dude yeah i i totally agree with you like the podcast that was helping out um i'm not throwing shit at her but she kind of gives up and she was like i don't know if i want to do this podcast thing anymore and i told her do it keep doing it why are you going to give up that's like people enjoy your content keep going you know if you feel like it's overwhelming take a break keep take a week or two off take a month off you know relax and then come back to it and just hit the ground running you know but it's like you're right as soon as all this stuff starts dude literally it was hard to find microphones. It was hard to find certain things because people were buying all this stuff up during COVID. They were making music. They were doing podcasts. They were doing videos. They were doing, it was hard. And me finding microphones, and stuff like that, it was like difficult because it was like, everybody's doing this now. But now that everything's kind of going back to normal somewhat, I know all these podcasters are going to be gone because they're like, I don't have to do this anymore. I can go back to my regular life. Fuck the podcast. Nobody cares. And then that's it. But it's like, 
you invested so much time and so much money in this and now you're just going to give up because you're done with it. That's ridiculous, you know? Yeah. And that's why a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of podcasters reached out to me and told me like, Hey man, I, uh, I want I want you to come on my podcast. There, I'll say yes to certain people, but you know, like, but there's a lot of times I'll, I counted, I, I turned down 24, maybe 23 uh, podcasters. The reason why I turned them down because they're still new still. Yeah. And I, you say, well, you're only at six episodes and you want me to come on and say, well, yeah. I says, well, I'm going to say, no, wait, I want to see, let DM me when you get to seventies or maybe get to a hundreds. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that's the thing where, cause I don't know how these podcasters are going to be. I can't be doing like episodes. If you're in episode 12 or this, you got to be seasoned. And, and the thing is, well, I did, I regret doing two podcasts, you know, because they were too experienced. They did too much over talking. They, it just wasn't a good fit for me. And, uh, I can, I can just tell the first 30 minutes, it was like, oh, this is going to be a shit, this is going to be a shit episode. And I told them the next day, do me a favor. Don't even put that episode out. And I was like, huh? It's like, yeah, don't put the episode out because you're, you're, you have a lot of growing up to do. And I was like, and I put them on blast and they still do podcasts, but they don't, they're, they're still, they're still at stage one. Yeah. and I'll say that very bluntly. It's Ramblings, Ramblings Alcoholics podcast. You know, those guys can say their shit what they want. And, you know, they're, they try to do their networks. They can try to be out there. But the only thing is, don't don't bullshit me. When, when people say, oh, I'm going to get this person on this. It's like, well, don't talk about it. Be about it. Exactly. And I dude. remember them saying that. And they talked all this shit. And there were certain episodes because I saw what they were doing. I always say in the end, hey, hey, Ramblings, step your game up. Certain Buddha Kaduda, step your game up. I always say that in the end because I can talk the talk and I can walk the walk. I can bring whoever I want. And I don't care about other people's podcasts. You know, I want to worry about mine. But there was a certain one he got all butthurt. He said, hey, Mega Man, I'm at 130 episodes. That's cool. That's awesome. And he wants to know me. How many episodes you at? Like, I say, I don't want to get your feelings hurt or whatever. I says, what? Well, I'm at like almost at 498 episodes. And right now I'm at 192 episodes. But this also includes the Mega Man After Darks. Uh This also includes me being guest appearances. This also includes I have episodes that I have not put out because I'm putting these out in certain days and certain months. Of I have a lot of secret guests coming on, but yeah. because these secret guests want these episodes out the day they go on tour, the day they have a music release, the day they have something going on. So that's why I'm saving these episodes. So my ultimate goal also is to is to be the fastest uh, Latino podcaster to reach over a thousand episodes. That's the goal. I think you're gonna reach it, man. But in a couple of years, yeah. you'll you'll get it. I I did the math. You know, there was a time where. The most episodes I ever did in one week was about 18 episodes in one week. And I, and I was in a mental game because I didn't have my kids. I was like, I was doing podcasts from three o'clock in the morning all the way to 10 p.m. And I took two weeks off and I was just doing podcasts. Boom, 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 boom. I was just everywhere. Oh, and by the way, 
this is no Zoom. I was traveling around California to do other people's podcasts. Damn. No, no, there's no, there's no Zooms or Instagram lives. I was traveling to people to do other podcasts. I even did four episodes in one fucking day and I was burned out and did another two, then this and all that stuff. And that's the thing is like, I'm always trying to, to better my, better myself, better the podcast, but also to get my name out there. This is a, this is a determination. This is the hustle. This is the grind that I do. I do not want to take shortcuts. I want to go through the hard roads you know, what I've been through. And when other podcasters like you or ranting or whoever, I want them to see the journey that I've been through. I want to see like, fuck, if Mega Man can do it, I can do it. I want to, I want to be an inspiration to all of you guys. Like, like I, if I can fucking do it, man, I, I can go up. I, I can go toe to toe with any, any podcaster out there. And even though I don't have a YouTube or this, whatever, I don't care. I bring numbers. I, I always bring numbers, but when it comes to the Latino podcast, it's a different story because, you know, I wish in a way we can be there to support each other, but it's sad to see certain ones don't want that because they, if they're having a hard time swallowing that ego and pride, you know? Yeah, man. I, like I said, and I've said this on live and I said this on video, you and Jose are I've just got to know you guys, but you guys are like up here for me with Jose, you know, him just starting, what, eight, nine months ago. He's Jose's got this following, a different, you know, Jose is a different breed. A lot of people don't know. It's like when I, I look at talent, I look at yours, you're a very good podcast. I believe in your podcast. I'm not just bullshitting you. I, I don't care what people say, but with Jose Ramos, when I first met him, like, like doing, you know, chatting and everything. I knew he had it. I knew. And I knew that his podcast is going to be different from everyone else's. And he's only been doing it for a couple months. But I know because I've been teaching him the insides and outs of the podcast game, the, the backstories, the drama, this, whatever. I mean, I want to mold him to make yeah. him, hey, like, hey, if I'm not doing podcasts, I, I want him to be better than me. And he has the the producing skills, the music, and the talk, the real, the real rawness that what we want, not no character. And his podcast is gonna blow up. It's just a matter of time. Yeah, it's dude, just, it, 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 it's going to. It's going, it's, it's with a, the it's right people. Breed. With the right people, it's gonna blow up. You mm -hmm. know, like I said, when mm -hmm. I had Jose, it's like the right people showed up. When you when you hook up with the right people, the right doors are open. Like I said, Jose, he speaks his mind, he talks you know what he wants to talk about and it's correct you know that's why i have him up here and i have you up here because i see your dedication i see your loyalty to the game you're constantly posting you're always on live you're always and i'm got like dude to. i gotta be got like to. that I, I have to do that you know sometimes with like i said you got kids man you're working you're doing the podcast but you are constantly on your fucking game you are hustling you are rick ross man yeah man you got to put that song on and I want to say this also because I know there's been certain Latino podcasters or any podcasters, they're scared to have me on. They're scared to have Rants with Ramos on the podcast because of the scrutiny 
you know, the, the, the way how raw we both are because we, we keep it real. And that makes us different from every other podcast. And is this that we, is this that there's certain, certain podcasters, they, they, they're too scared to bring us because they might scared, you might get backlash. You're, you're my scared of the DMs or the fake Instagrams. Yeah. You might get scared that, you know, we might, they, certain people might report you, like, you know, because of all that stuff. And the thing is, we didn't talk about earlier, if like we, people are really have to watch what they say on social media, but they have to really watch what they say around Ransom and Ramos yeah. and, and, and me because we don't have no filter. We'll call motherfuckers out, you know? And, uh, you know, it's like, Hey, you know, people tell me that hey, make him and I wasn't called for it. Like, Hey, I'm just keeping it real. Maybe in a way, instead of him being like a little bitch as, you know, whatever, talking all that shit, he needs to be a man to own up to it, you know, own up to your responsibilities. And with ranting with Ramos, you can't control him. He, that's just how he is. Mega man. That's how I am. Because a lot of people tell me, Martin, Felipe, George Perez, Vlad, a lot of inspiration people. You be you. Joey Coco Diaz, the comedian, before he moved to uh, Jersey, I, he gave me a pointer just for a couple minutes because he had to do another ep- another comedy show. And he said, hey, me being a podcaster, what advice do you give me? He said, I'm going to be honest with you. Have fun. If, if it's not fun, if you have one foot in, one foot out, and it's not fun for you, then get out. Straight oh, up. dude, fucking Joey Diaz. He's just like, what's up, you cocksuckers? You know, you know this is the fucking Coca Diaz podcast. Dude, for a minute, I'm just going to talk about the people that you talk about. Martin, dude, when he and Fluffy came to Houston was in 20, 2012. Um, I went to the Toyota Center to watch their concert. It was then. It was Martin. It was Fluffy. It was another guy that he hangs out with. And Ozo Motley opened up for them. Dude. Mm-hmm. For a long time, Fluffy was talking about Martin. I was like, who's Martin? So when I saw his comedy, and I was like, oh, this dude's fucking hilarious. And then I started listening to his podcast. And then oh. he was talking about Felipe, too. He's like, what's up, fool? Dude, if Felipe, if Felipe, if you're listening to this episode, dude, I love your podcast. I love who you are, because you're just like, fool. I mean, why are you fucking with me, man? There's a, there's a skit that he does. He was talking about like his... Uh, his just the marks on your skin was I forgot what they're called, but he was like, Tiger fucking got me or a cougar got me. <laughs> dude, Felipe is yeah, stretch marks, dude. Felipe, man, he's hilarious. I listened to his podcast when I started podcasting because I wanted to get an idea of how he does his. Same thing with Martin. Same thing with Joe and, and, and all them. So those guys are like the reason why I started like crafting my stuff. But like yeah. Martin, Martin and Felipe, dude, hilarious, dude. I want to see them when I think Felipe is supposed to be coming to town in a couple of weeks or he already came to town. But I want to I, I want to see him and I want to see him. I'm like, yo, what's up, dude? And doesn't talk to him. And, you know, but yeah, dude, it's crazy that you you met these guys and you've got to conversate with them because it's like I can't do that here. We don't have any. Um, famous comedians and stuff like that or these famous people I can go and talk to because they're just out. They go to LA or they go to New York or they go to Miami. So nobody's staying here. So it's kind of like, fuck, I have to like reach out to Instagram and stuff like that to find these people. But like I said, dude, it's crazy that you, you, you know, these people, you know, it's crazy. It's, it's just something, you know, when you meet them and you can show love, you just, 
I know with COVID, but when I see them, like, I remember, I won't say a comedian, well-known comedian. He said, hey, Megan, man, I'm so used to you taking pictures. How come you don't want to take a picture? He said, well, I don't see you as a celebrity to me or a famous comedian to me. He's like, what do you mean by that? He says, I don't want to take a picture of you. So why? Because I just see you're, you as the you're homie. a good you're you're just a homie you're a good friend to me and and you're like wow that kind of mind fucked them you know like oh shit and because i see people different when you see them so so much a long time and you spend time you get to know you build that relationship and they're just they're just regular people you know and and stuff like that and and i'm always been supportive you know in the in the comedy where i love comedy you know me too i think in a way and that's the thing where a lot of people always give me shit for this you know like I lose, I lose, I get a lot of hate and I get a lot of people who won't follow me because they don't like what I post on my page, you know, funny memes or funny videos and stuff. To me, I do that for because there's a lot of people who are going through depression or anxiety and, you know, to, to cheer up a person, a lady or a man just to make them happy, you know, that's awesome. You know, I like to get those DMs with like, hey, Megan, man, I was having a shitty day. But that funny means you made me laugh all fucking day. You made my day, man. I just, and now my work's going to be more easy. Yeah. Or if there was a girl who was just having a bad day because her man broke out with them and I put a funny means or a video, whatever, and it just cheered her up, you know, and I just want to see people happy. I want to see people win, you know? Yeah. So before we get into the, the kind of closing of our podcast and stuff like that, the last two segments. Um, do you, yeah, 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 your memes, man, they're funny. The stuff that you tag me in, that one uh, comedian or actor guy that he does the skits from like Blood In, Blood Out, La Bamba. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dude, like, uh, he's John, fucking... John Jacob, yeah. Dude, he's hilarious, dude. I st- I die laughing when he when he does it. And I'm like, why couldn't I do this like five years ago? I, I've seen the movies. I've, I've, I used to like mimic like George Lopez and do his little comedy shit, you know, when I was younger because I, I grew up around it and stuff like that. Him and um, and uh, Paul Rodriguez and stuff like that. So I know these comedians guy, but he when he does it, he's doing it big, dude. I fucking die laughing when he does that shit, dude. It's hilarious. The only thing, the only thing is, it's like, how do you time it the way how he says yeah. it and that? It's just like because him and his lady they do it and he and he's coming on the podcast. He lives in San Fernando, but he he's I I I followed him because he was on this uh Chase by Bounds and I had that guy, he was on my podcast on the Make Him After Dark, but uh I had followed because of that and and uh just right now, you don't believe me, I'm gonna post it right now. The the uh the one he did were in with the La Bamba scene with uh with Bob, he's under the truck and he finds out Richie passed away, whatever. Yeah. I reposted it. And guess what? Guess who just who just reposted it? Eastside Morales. No shit. Wow. After after this is done, I'm gonna repost it. I'm gonna circle and I'm gonna put wow, like Eastside Morales follows me. He listens like, hey, good stuff, because I think he lives. I think he I think he lives in Europe or somewhere I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I we always uh post certain things like that because it brings memories because you know Bob was like La Baba was up was that almost like blood and blood. I was like one of the best movies, man. Yeah. For sure, dude. There's sometimes where I'll I'll um what's it called? I'll recite some of the lines from 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 uh, La Bamba cuz you know, I I I uh I can see Bob's character. I can see him. He's being the older brother, and then, 
And, you know, with Richie being all getting all this attention, he's like, what about me? What about Bob? You know, and dude, it just it, it it's he's great. He's great. The actor's great. You know, John's great. It's just it's awesome. It's it's great, dude. Dude, it's, I can't say how much great it is because it's awesome. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's just, you know, when you have Isa Morales, I remember I was uh, I was doing uh oh man hold up i'll do it later i'll do it after the show i was gonna repost it so people can like i don't believe mega man yeah whatever i was doing this i was doing the can of the week you know like beer of the week and uh there are certain people who just make that beer didn't want to post it so i tagged because i want to i always want to pick the right song if i had doing beer of the week and i was like okay i like public enemy so public enemy and i tagged chuck d and and flavor and i think chuck d owns public enemies whatever yeah and uh they reposted my shit it was like oh fuck yeah and uh i got so many followers and stuff because i'm i'm always tagging i'm always showing love because you never know who's gonna listen to the making mass podcast you never know who's gonna listen to yours you never know who's gonna look at your stories like you know there's a lot of times you know i get a lot of blue check marks from a lot of major people and i was like I didn't see that coming. Um, <laughs> I had someone, it was a lady, I looked her up as like, oh, oh my gosh, I didn't know that was her. Yeah, she she uh, she was looking at my stories and she's like, hey, I just want to let you know uh, you had one of my good friends on and, uh, you know, it was a good episode. I just want to applaud. She does the voice for Barb Simpson from The Simpsons. Oh, really? Uh, dude. Dude, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. That's why that's why like California is such a magical place to me cuz it's like yo you can hook up you can have somebody you know and then they know somebody that's popular and it's like what? How does that happen, you know? <laughs> it, it, it feels like it feels like to me when even though I live in Long Beach in the LA scene I can pick whoever I want and it feels like damn fucking Mega Man sport he has emails everyone. <laughs> and I and I do and I and I do I know everyone. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So let's get to these last two segments because I know you're a busy, busy man. So we have this thing on the inside of the north side where it's called unpopular opinions. So since you are a guest, uh, do you have any unpopular opinions? We usually name just about three. Unpopular opinions. uh, You know, I'm just unpopular opinions to me is like this whole this whole like street vendor stuff, man. It's just. It's just whatever you say, it's it's not going to be good, yeah. you know. And to me, uh, my second one is like, stop hating on me because I'm a Giants fan. Because come on, just, just, just <laughs> hey, stop. I applaud you. At least you're not a Dodgers fan. Sorry, guys, but I know people yeah. in LA are going to listen to it. Hey, man, Stroh's for life. But hey, I'm, I'm I applaud you that you're a Giants fan. <laughs> <laughs> and then my last one is my um, my unpopular opinion is that a lot of craft beer people are say that you're not wanted here in this craft beer community. You don't know shit about beers, but at the same time, I know the whole craft beer scene in California. I know the who's who's of who's coming up, what store, what breweries are closing down, what ones are opening up, who's the next head brewer, what, what beers, you know, that we should be looking out for. So that's their opinion because all they do is drink beers, but yeah. I'm in the inside scoop of what's been going on in the craft beer industry. 
what's the next best thing after Hazy's? And is the seltzer's going to stay around? What time? What's the new hops for the new beer? I mean, yeah, dude, I heard about I heard that episode where you were talking about, you know, you were always talking about the craft beer community. And you know what? I'm also going to take a little bit of that advice. And we have tons of breweries here in Houston, dude. We have Mm -hmm. there's too many to name, but I want to interview them as well and have them on this podcast because they're so good. Like I said, if you come to Texas, dude, if you come to Houston, I'm going to take you to H.E.B., AGB is this food store that we have here. It's a grocery store. Literally lines and lines of just refrigerators of just craft beers all from Houston, literally. And you can literally pick like a six pack and you can pick just random beers and just boom, 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 boom. Try all different kinds of beers from everywhere. And it's like, it's amazing. It's amazing. I love that. I love it. I like, I like, I like to go to the breweries like other places like that. Those are like, Toys are us to us. I have a brewery that's literally down the street from my house. It's maybe about like five minutes and then what's away. It's called Astral Brewery. I've done mm-hmm. I've gone there before. I wanted to do my one year anniversary party there, but it's booked. And um, I need to see if I need I want to do it at a brewery because it's it's big, it's open, you know, more people can come and drink and stuff like that. But yeah, dude, there's tons of breweries here in Houston. If you ever come, like I said, I will be your tour guide and I will <laughs> take you to all the places that I like. I'll take you to the taco trucks, I'll take you to the breweries, I'll take you to all these places, man. All right, you know, hey, if I do, I'm gonna take you up on that offer. Hey. My word, my word is Scout's Honor, dude. Uh, everybody out here on the on the podcast, people be on the YouTube, I, I, I come to my word. If you come here, I got you. I got you. <laughs> all right, all right. All right. So let me do my unpopular plans real quick. Uh, so I think Krispy Kreme is trash. I'm just going to say it. I'm just oh, going to yeah, say it. It is. <laughs> it's trash. Um, I really think Pico de Gallo is overrated. I'm sorry. As a Latino, it's just, you know, um, what's my last one? <laughs> um, damn. Uh, my last unpopular opinion is that it's it's kind of not an opinion, but it's kind of like a statement. It's like, yo, us Latinos need to come together. Fuck all the beef. Fuck all the shit. Let's come together. I know that's an unpopular opinion because a lot of us can't. Um, stand each other. Like I said, Mexicans can't stand Salvadorians. Salvadorians can't stand Hondurans. It's like, dude, fuck all that. Fuck that unpopular shit. Let's just all come together. So yeah, yeah, that's good. All right. So the last segment that we have, it is called. Let me find that little tune. What are you listening to? So pretty much, this is called "What Are You Listening To." So pretty much, just you letting the guests know. You, I mean, not the guests. You letting the the listeners know what you've been, what Mega Man has been listening to. It could be a podcast, oh, could man. be music, could be audiobooks, could be anything. So uh, let me know what you've been listening to, man. Well, lately I've been listening to with music wise. I've been listening to a lot of Freddie Gibbs. You know, Freddie Gibbs. He might be coming on the Mega Man's podcast. He was oh, on the shit. podcast. No so shit. That's the thing. I'm just don't say anything. Yeah, so <laughs> I've been listening to Freddie Gibbs a lot. You know, I just, you know, and uh, a lot of people didn't know this. People are not going to believe me. I was supposed to have FM Doom on my podcast, you know, then I find out he passed away. So that was a major thing. Um, Damn. You know, I was, I, the, the podcast I'm listening to, I listen to yours, Profile Pod. Uh, ranting with Romos and this podcast coming out of San Diego called Emo Brown. Oh, dude, I've been listening to Emo Brown, dude. As soon as Jose told me about him, 
I think I, I don't know how I followed him or who I just, but emo Brown, he listened to the episode and he was like, Hey, if you're ever in San Diego, let's meet up. So, but I'm like, you know, fuck that dude. I'm going to just have you on my show right now. And then I'm thinking about going to California in the summer. So, you know, I want to go to LA and then like go to San Diego, but like, I just want to hang out with you guys and just, just because, yeah. you know, I've never gone to LA. My dream was to go to LA when I was 18. I wanted to move there, but I kind of thought about it and I was like, no, I like living here, but I do want to go visit. So I feel like I want to go visit, but like now that I have people that I know, I just want to hang out with you guys. That's all, you know? Yeah. And I want to, you know, there's Rodium Radio, uh, Bambastic Podcast, you know, Freaky Tales Podcast, Hoodstocks. Um, hold up. I don't want to leave anyone out. Ryan's Podcast, Aaron Bender, Aaron Bender's Podcast. Put the Stress Down podcast with Mookie, Ask the Fellas, Flashback with the Homies, Atlas Cast, you know, Yo, 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 George Perez, but, and your podcast as well. But there is one podcaster I want to give a huge fucking shout out because you never know who's going to hear you. And I listen to this. I, I believe in her podcast. She's very, very good. And her, her name is Mary Escobar. I had her on the podcast. Her podcast is is called Purposely Curious Podcast. A very, very thing by Goosebumps talking about is is a very good podcast. She puts out maybe one episode, but it's like fifty eight minutes or maybe sometimes an hour. But it's good. I like how she she talks. I like she does her homework of certain topics and everything. And yeah, so Mary es- Escobar, if you're hearing this, you. <sighs> I, I don't want to do rankings of who's number one, but she's up there as one of those uh, Latina podcasts I enjoy listening to. I'm I'm looking her up right now. I'm going to, I'm going to the Spotify and, and looking her up. Yeah, so yeah, pur- yeah, purposely curious podcast. It's like a it's like a blue. It's kind of like a little reddish girl, like Wendy's girl. Yeah. Already, um, already yeah. following. Already, I gotta check this good, out. Good, good, good podcast. You know, you could talks about certain topics and everything, and and I, she's good. She's very underrated, but I know she works the full time and she'll put something out. But when I do, I that's the first episode, first podcast I listen to. Boom, boom. Nice, nice, dude. So for me, what I've been listening to lately, of course, I've been listening to you. I've been listening to Jose's. I've been listening to. Um, I love Bill Burr's podcast. Bill Burr's hilarious. Um, there's other small podcasters like this one called uh, Boyfriend Proof Podcast. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's another podcast that I was on. Uh, I'm so sorry. I feel stupid. But I was on the Boyfriend Proof Podcast. She just started her podcast and she was looking for people to be on her podcast, regardless of if it was a guy or a girl. So I was the first guy that was on her podcast and I was just talking about relationships and stuff like that. So it's, she's a really, it's a really good podcast. Um, if you guys are listening, check her out. Boyfriend proof podcast. You'll find your boy on there. Um, music wise, I'm a fucking book, dude. I listen to all kinds of things. Um, <laughs> I, I was listening to like Selena Gomez's new Spanish album. I listened to, I just listened to everything, you know, and so since I listen to a lot of music and I have a lot of guests that listen to a lot of music as well, I started my own playlist on, on, uh, on Spotify. So it's mm-hmm. called inside the North sides. What are you listening to playlist? And you know, I've had Jose add stuff on there. I've had other people out, uh, add music on there. So I always suggest to my guests, Hey, look, 
whatever you're listening to, I don't care if, 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 if you add things today, next week, two months from now, three months from now, regardless, I don't care if you want to keep adding stuff, even if you're not on the podcast anymore, I'm totally supportive to let people know, Hey, this is what's out here. I love a lot of indie music. I like a lot of rap, hip hop, mm-hmm. soul, pop, uh, all this stuff, you know, and, um, I put it on my pot. I put it on a playlist. So during the week, sometimes I'm like, I like this. I'm gonna put this in. People should listen to this because people listen to that. So that's what, um, I always suggest to my guests. Hey, look, if you want to put on some stuff, if you listen to, you know, some old school hip hop or you listen to some, like MC magic, or you listen to all these people, put them on the playlist, man. Let the people know what's going on, what you're listening to. So, but yeah, mm-hmm. I, I'm an open book, dude. I Pandora, Spotify, my own playlist. I got like hundreds of thousands of songs that I listen to constantly. I'm just, I'm a musician. So <laughs> I, everything's just going through my brain and I just love it. So nice man that's awesome man i always want to hear different types of podcasts you know um i listen to maybe close to three to four hundred different types it's just there's gonna be a lot of good ones there are gonna be some hit and misses they're gonna be some sucky ones like you just gotta see what fits and that makes when you hear other people's podcasts it's gonna make you a better person uh mentally emotionally you know and just kind of have a conversation yeah and uh when it comes to music you know I, i i listen to a lot of indie music a lot of like certain like hip hops, you know, and everything. But uh yeah. And with books and stuff, right now I'm just like the arts the art of war with Sun Tzu, you know, how to defeat your opponents and stuff like that too. And also when when it comes to the podcast world or or with life and everything and stuff like that. With uh with uh I just I I got a book right now with uh uh I'll tell you off air and stuff yeah. like that. It's it's dawning my head right now. Musashi. Musashi. You know like the the greatest uh, samurai uh, swordsman in Japan, he conquered everything and and he talks about life and all that stuff. So yeah, that's awesome, dude. All right, so before we go, uh, it is shout out time. So shout out to whoever you want to let them know Mega Man is shouting you out and just go ahead, do what you got to do, man. It's your time. Well, I want to want to give a shout out to Stay Anchor for you know and Project Coffee, my boy Jacob right here. Um, just shout outs to everyone that listens to the Mega Mass podcast. Uh, shout outs for you for you inviting me on Ransom with Romos, Emo Brown. Um, my dad lives in Texas. You know my mom. Uh, shout outs to my my lady, my kids, uh, Gavin, um, Alex, and uh, my little one Miliano. Uh, my daughter Luna. Daddy loves you and. And to all the listeners, to all the followers who listens to your podcast and mine, and and uh, hopefully you know we can you know make this this year better and get back to normal because you know we need that we need that interaction we need that conversating with you know with people and uh, we gotta stop this negativity of uh, you know where these street vendors are just getting killed or beat up and you know we need to have our voices heard you know for anyone who has platforms you know don't just repose or talk about it do something about it with some actions go to the city hall go to the police station go to community activists and see what we can do to stop these street vendors uh getting killed or getting beat up and stuff like that because we have rights as well if the black people community can get their voices heard and get what they want the asian community can get their voices heard and get what they get to get what they want we need to do that as well because we're not going to be in the backseat anymore. We need to speak up. We all talk, 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 and we all want to be a voice our own opinions. But instead of doing that, 
use it with actions and let's see whatever we can do to get some stuff changing and over here in all all the United States. Yeah, dude, don't post about it. Talk about it. You know, affirmative action, do what you got to do. Like you said, um, I stand with you guys, whatever you guys are talking about, protect the street vendors. Look at my shirt. My shirt says protect the hood. This is from, um, what's it called? V and DT. Yeah. Uh, I have the hat. I I met the, the person there. Um, they they were promoting that stuff, so I have a hat too. Yeah, um, man, I saw this. I'll tag you. Know. you I saw, I'll tag you. There's a documentary I did in the background. It says "Protect the Hood," because I wanted to put that hat because I want that to be where, hey, street vendors of you getting beat up or bullied, you're not alone. We have your back. Yeah, man, it, that's it. Protect the hood. I stand with you guys over there in, in California and L.A., you know, all the parts that all the, the you know, Elote Man, Palete Man, I got you guys. If you guys need somebody to speak up somewhere else, let me know. I'll post about it. I'll talk about it because those are y'all guys. We are we are we are mi gente. We're together. We're La Raza. We're supposed to be together. You know, I just got to stand up for the hood. We got to protect our own, man, you know. And we will also protect everybody else. But when it comes time for us to stand up with each other, we got to protect each other, man. We got to do it, man. We got to do it. Got to protect these David. cocksuckers, you know. Protect <laughs> these cocksuckers, you know. We just, we just got to take it. We just got to take it one day at a time. That's it. It's not going to be changed overnight. One day at a time. If we can make a difference now, it's going to it's gonna help out the hint day. It's going to help out the new generations of kids, you know, with with my little uh, son, Emiliano, growing up. It's going to help him, you know, and, and all that stuff. So that, that's it. We, we got to do, do a part two because there's a lot of stuff I want to talk about. But re- that's going to be a freestyle, unedited, raw, raw, like super raw. Yeah, I know you want to go back to doing solos because you were talking about that. And I'm like, mm-hmm. dude, that, that's going to be interesting. I know you did your solo that you did a couple of days, a couple of weeks ago with, uh, I think it was Mega Man Stories 9 or something like that, where you yeah, shouted me yeah. out. And I was like, dude, that's fire raw. And I'm like, damn, I feel like I got I got poked raw, man. I was like, shit. <laughs> because, I, because, you know, I call motherfuckers out, you know, it's just, you know, this fake, this fakeness. And I, you like I said, people my numbers are high. It's like, cause you never know what I'm going to say on the Mega Man's life. You know, like, Oh shit, this is raw unedited. And people are giving me a lot of feedback, a lot of love. Like, fuck. Yeah. I'm just, finally you speak up. Finally you had to say something. Cause I, cause there's certain people who are scared to say that because they're scared. They're worried of getting fired. They're worried of like losing contracts or this, or these, these people in the craft beer community, they're thinking like, Hey, you know they're all good you know and they they're just they're just being fakes and i i keep it real and uh, and that's the thing that you have to be because people are going to know if you're being real or not and like i said what you see is what you get and um i don't regret anything there's been people who say hey Mega man is there a way you can go back in the episode and erase that because i don't want you know like <laughs> no you can't no. i have people you know? do the same thing dude hey man can you go back i was the- no I can't, man. I, it's already up there. I don't want to take it down. I already got the listens. No. What you, you next time you come on the show, be careful what you say. Stop drinking. You'll be good then, you know. But hey, it comes out. It happens. Sometimes people got to say what they got to say. If you can talk shit about your employer, if you got to talk shit about your girl, you got to talk shit about your homie, do it. Release it because podcast is therapeutic in a way where you was like, I feel better because I talked about it, you know. 
and venting yeah I, I feel way better you know just like it calmed my stress down and I, I just it, it I love doing it but it's just that when you can tell with certain people they have too much stuff building up it's like it's like a ticking time bomb way to explode exactly dude <sighs> well this has been a great another great podcast that I'm just gonna etch into my skin that this has been great dude like I said <laughs> Dude, it's great having you on, Stephen. It's 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 awesome that you're doing what you're doing and how, like I said, how God is using you to to use your platform to reach out to these people in need and to be a light to your community and to our own gente, you know. And I, I applaud you for it. I, you know, I it's great, man. And like I said, it's cool that I'm getting to know you and that we can build a friendship and we can build a, a partnership, mm-hmm. you know, same thing with Jose. And I, I would I'd love to work with you guys and be side by side. You know, I'm here in Texas. You guys are in LA. We can work together make it, make it stronger. And maybe people will follow our, um, you know, our example and be better and start coming together. So, yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just like I said, take it one day at a time and, Fuck the haters and just keep on focusing your podcast and, you know, just just keep on grinding. That's it. Exactly, dude. Well, like I said, this has been another great episode and especially with Mega Man, a.k.a. Steven Martinez. So thank you again. Thank you again, dude, for being on this podcast. It means a yeah. lot to me. And like I said, <laughs> I am so fucking excited to be to do the three episodes with you. I'm I'm fine, dude. I'm already hyped. I'm gone, ready to go. Let's do it. You know, we'll make, so. we'll make it. We'll make it. And everyone, follow me at the Mega Man's podcast page, not the Mega Man's podcast. The Mega Man's podcast. Page. Follow, follow Mega Man's, dude. If I'm gonna post about it, I'm, I'm just gonna tag you. Uh, you might get annoyed after a while. Hey, man, I, I gotta it. I gotta post I it. it. I'm gonna let you guys know. So it's all um, good. So yeah, like I said, this has been inside the North Side. I appreciate you, dude, for being on this podcast. Keep doing what you're doing. God has got you. God is going to give you all everything that you have because you're doing God's work, man. I appreciate you being on inside the North Side. Much love to LA. On the LA love to Houston. Love you guys. Check out Mega Man's podcast, and we'll see y'all later, man. All right, later. Now I take the glasses off. <laughs>